Fun fact, remember when in Argentina broke a sink and I was like, girl, we all been there. Oh my god, I was just talking about that fucking clusterfuck of a situation. When I said we've all done that, we've all been there, that was referencing a real ass situation where I got trashed at like 16 years old, went to the bathroom to take a bunch of selfies, leaned on the sink hardcore and broke it. Yep. Girl. So re- we've all broken sinks, girl. All Believe been there. <laughs> and that's our fucking intro. <laughs> hey. Hello and welcome to the Dead Inside recap of Dragula season four. I am still a tired, tired drag queen, Matt. And today I have, again, a very special guest, Vanessa Hudgens. Please give her a chance. It is Lena DeLuna. Hello. Yeah, tired clown over here. Yes, we, uh, (laughs) through the magic of entertainment media, we are releasing this later, but really it's only been a day. (laughs) So, Lena, why don't you tell us what happened last week on Dracula? So we had our monsters arrive. They made their way through a horrifying maze, except the clown room. That was not horrifying. That was wonderful. That's just Um, Lena's bedroom. They made their way through Lena's bedroom. (laughs) You can see the skull on my wall. I love my creepy stuff. Concocted by the beautiful Belay Brothers. Um, for the floor show, each monster had to present their unique take on a horror icon. While they needed to be recognizable, the boulets were clear. No cosplay. Astrid managed to snatch the first win with their take on the xenomorph. La Zavaleta and Formalda failed to impress with their respective takes on the Pale Man and Billy the Puppet. Pale Man, I feel like it was the gag in the look, whereas Billy the yeah. Puppet, the look wasn't cohesive and the performance fell so flat. Zavaleta overcame her fears, edged out Formelda, and we said goodbye to our first drag monster. Uh, rip Formelda, but I sent Lena a photo of this. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, Formelda's doing fine. And she's turning some good looks on the grand. Hey. Also, she's turning some thoughty looks, so who knows? Only fans to come, maybe. You never know. <laughs> Oh my God, my parents would kill me. Yeah, well, I feel like when you're a drag queen, like if they can get over the drag thing, they can probably be fine with the OnlyFans. (laughs) I actually have a high school friend that does clown looks on Only. I shouldn't say friend, high school acquaintance. This girl and her catchphrase. And said, actually, fuck this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. She was super sweet. I have nothing negative to say about her. But uh, yeah, she like shows up to S&M parties. One of my friends stuck uh, safety pins into her arms. She's got an OnlyFans. (gasps) Turning your phobias into philias is her catchphrase. I mean, OnlyFans does have like a bigger market. Like, for example, Shea Calais, who is a winner of an all-star season of Drag Race has an OnlyFans, but just for like fashion looks. So, you yes. know, there's all kinds of stuff you can get into, but I think people would want to see Miss Formelda in some different positions, let's say. Yes, yes. So uh, we now are on episode two. And personally, this is my favorite drag category, Nosferatu Beach Party. So we have like our opening scene and it's like a nighttime party on the beach. I know this probably does nothing for you, Lena, but um, those men wrestling, when they zoom in, <laughs> I need some water. 
Oh my god, yeah, that did nothing for me. I was like, get on with it. Let's see the. Lady. I know Lena was like skip, and I was like, <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but the this opening scene for me, I really enjoy it because I really like sixty stuff. The audience cannot tell, but I'm literally dressed in like sixty drag, and you know, it's it's basically just like the beach horror party. It's that you know, it's black and white. The boules are barefoot in drag, which braver than any U.S. Marine for me. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. And I relate to this topic, like being a clown out in Hawaii. It's like, it it feels very topical to me. Yes. Could not be me because I'm a gross man, but whatever. (laughs) You know what? Work. It goes with a theme and they are dedicated. And then, you know, an unwelcome outsider appears and our hint probably about who goes home is what a hideous outfit. And then they go to kill whoever it is. I felt like that hint was not a very good hint. Like even having seen this episode and rewatched it, I was like, who are they hinting at? I know who's going home, but it doesn't feel like it's a tie to that person. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as last week's, but you know, no, some of them are going to be clunkers. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we flash to the boudoir now. Astrid won, as Lena said, and they just start reading each other for 20 minutes <laughs> around a table. Mary, when I tell you I was gooped and gagged, she said, so they're talking and Astrid's like, oh yeah, I'm super glad I won. And Mary's like, I'm also really glad they saw your outfit before it started falling apart. Okay, let's pause and explain our oh, drinking yes. game. Oh, this so be also you should know we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, so we're feel free listener to play along with us. We're drinking and so every time one of the girls is like out of pocket, bitchy for no reason. We're taking a drink. Anytime a girl says something and then later does the exact opposite, says the exact opposite and contradicts herself and gets fucked by the edit, we're drinking. Let's uh, do it. So yes. this is our first drink. Yes. Cheers to Mary Cherry. Mary, I mean, Mary's going to be getting us drunk. I, absolutely. Also, I would like to say, I mean, who am I? No one, I mean... Lena's someone. I'm not someone. So Shut up. Who gives I... a fuck? But like, to our three listeners, if you're sending horrible shit to the contestants of a reality TV show, you need to fuck off and you need to stop. All these people who are sending horrible, awful death threats and racist shit to Mary Cherry, fuck off. It's a reality TV show. First of all, if Mary wasn't there, this episode would be nothing. So yeah. let's get that straight. Second of all, <laughs> what you see on TV is not real, even if it's reality TV. And regardless of what anyone does in real life, they don't deserve to be treated that way. Mary Cherry, there's no way you'll ever listen to this, but we love you. I love (laughs) you. You're a great performer. You're fantastic TV and keep doing you. I know a lady who um, she writes scripts for reality TV shows. Right. Which the shady part is that reality TV doesn't have writers usually because then they'd have to pay union fees. Oh. They have story producers. Okay. Okay. That is shady. It is shady. But getting back to this, so Mary said that, which is gag worthy, which Astrid does agree. She does, at least at first, Astrid's like, yeah, it did fall apart. And then, you know, Mary can't let it go. (laughs) So she's like, I just don't think he would have won. And it's like, well, yeah, she wouldn't have, but it didn't fall on stage. So, I mean, aside from that, do we think Mary would have won if that happened? I don't. No, I do not either. But, you know, she's here to tell it like it is. Astrid's response is telling her like it is. Like, I absolutely love it. Oh, in the confessional? I was like, ah! (laughs) 
yeah she's that was real i don't even consider that bitchy like go ahead and i mean it's i feel like when you volley a read it's not cunty do you know what i mean like it's cunty Mm -hmm. when you make the read out of nowhere but if someone volleys it it's not it's a little fake but it is because she says it in the confessional she doesn't say it to mary but she says mary doesn't make any of her own shit so get it together before you want to read essentially (laughs) which yeah I mean, we'll see in this episode and later on. I mean, Mary doesn't really know how to make her own stuff. Astrid kind of indirectly does speak to Mary about it when she's like, well, I think drag is about making your own stuff, like being creative in that way. And then Mary comes back at her with, oh, well, I think drag is about entertaining. And is that not what you feel drag is? And just kind of turns it like. She gets really aggressive with Astrid. Oh, we're also going to drink every time a girl shows her ass we're about to drink because Astrid says, no, it's not about entertaining. And then everyone's like, um, aren't you a musician? (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Yes, these girls are just constantly showing their asses and I live for it. I think some, I think it's symptomatic of probably a lot of them don't do reality TV. I mean, like, drag is definitely more popular and there's a lot more chances to appear in acting roles or on TV shows now, which is great. But I do think, like, a show like RuPaul's Drag Race, again, I'm just going to constantly be comparing, which isn't necessarily fair, but, like, a show like RuPaul's Drag Race kind of attracts the kind of girl that would probably go out for acting roles more so than Dragula, I would say. Because usually, I mean, Dragula, which Astrid mentions later, is about being a drag monster. It's about going against those norms and that's not what Hollywood wants the drag queen mm-hmm. to be that's not the dragoon that Hollywood yeah. wishes to portray so you know I feel like perhaps on this I know Mary um in that show sloppy seconds which obviously I recommend although they don't really need the publicity <laughs> you know they had Mary Terry on because they're friends with Mary Terry and she's she talks about how she was she thought about like keeping it real constantly because she had never been on a reality tv show so all of it is just her being her which you know is good but on a reality tv show not always great for you the performer yeah it's not gonna read the best always Mm -hmm. after that um one of the most iconic lines of the entire fucking season astrid says my drag sometimes is entertaining and sometimes isn't entertaining and i agree (laughs) yeah yeah that's a vibe i i kind of get that like astrid is doing her drag for herself which is the same reason I do my clown stuff like yeah maybe people will respond positively to it but in the end it's not about people's reactions it's not about entertaining them it's about entertaining myself and feeling happy with who I am and the art that I produce right I think both of them I mean I know that they're arguing and they're saying different things so obviously this is me putting words in their mouth but I think both of them are kind of arguing the same thing in the sense that like I think there's more to drag than what both of them say in the sense that like it is about making your own stuff for some people. Although honestly, in a post-drag race society, there's a lot of girls that aren't out here making their own shit, which that's not me being shady. That's just the way it is. I mean, uh, drag is considered now something you want to wear pretty clothes um, and you want to go and buy pretty clothes. And there's more people doing drag. So there's more people who have access to that. I think also there's like this mentality of like, well, I want pretty things, I want pretty hair, I want pretty clothes, and I don't know how to do it, so I'm just going to buy it, you know? Yeah, and um, Mary kind of personifies that mentality because she's not making her bit. own stuff. I would, also, I want to issue a public apology, apology to Mary Terry. I, like, edited the last episode and realized I called her 40, like, 8 million times, and I also said she's been doing drag for 20 years. She's been doing drag for 10 years. 
Okay. Um, and I didn't mean that as a read. I just meant it like Mary is a seasoned performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also, you know, what drag is now is not what it was even five years ago, let alone 10 years ago, which, you know, not everyone knows how to sew, for example, right? That's a very common thread on another popular reality TV show, shall we say. And not everyone has, there's always been people who don't know how to sew, but I think, for example, I'm sure Mary Cherry has like a drag family or people she performs with a lot where they can exchange their gifts with each other. You know, like I'm sure she knows someone who knows how to sew who helps her out sometimes. I'm sure Mary Cherry has her own services that she provides to other people. I'm sure she helps people with comedy or she helps them with performing tips. You know what I mean? Like, especially somewhere like Brooklyn, you have a community to do that stuff. So I get it. I get it. And there's a lot of facets to making your drag successful. So if you can commune with other people who have different skills than yourself, you can create incredible acts through that sense of community. Right. However, that's not doing you many favors when you get here. Long story short, I think both girls are underselling certain aspects that they themselves participate in in drag. I, I do think saying drag has nothing to do with entertainment is not interesting. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I Wrong. think it's I think Incorrect. it's inter- I think the judging was interesting. Um, I think it's interesting on a reality TV show to say it's not about entertainment, <laughs> which we're gonna drink again because Astrid's showing her ass once more. Woo! Oh my god. We we're gonna be on this one part for so long. It's just the boudoir. This episode is so juicy. When Mary says I'm the queen mother of Brooklyn drag, and then Astrid says, I think Mary is a queen of Brooklyn. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets that shit-eating grin. That is TV. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, like this show has a lot of issues where people are doing shit and saying shit like in the house and not on camera. Astrid at least always gave talking head. She always was there to give shady shit in the chair. And I live. <laughs> it's funny. Sometimes it's easier to come up with that funny shit after the fact. Like it doesn't always come to you right away. And that's the nice thing about editing is that they can kind of stick it in between as if she said it right during the argument. Right. And I mean, obviously, it's no secret that when you record a talking head for reality TV show, it's after things happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, she had something to say. And I mean, not necessarily, it wasn't even Astrid had it ready to say beforehand. I mean, what you don't see is there's a producer being like, so do you agree? Do you think uh, Mary Cherry is the queen of Brooklyn drag? <laughs> you know, but great TV. We love, again, Hoso and Astrid bring up the, or the TV show brings up the fact that Hoso and Astrid are fucking and again, I say, please give me a chance, please. <laughs> Both of them are so cute. I mean, I guess I'm just ready to start my career as a professional clown fucker because when the surprise contestant comes in, I want to fuck her too. Um, yes, and I'm already a professional clown fucker. That is <laughs> <laughs> I'm what makes me happy. Yes, please join the party. That's my favorite way to call someone or to like refer to someone. It is a legitimate fetish. Yes, there's chasers everywhere at all. And let me tell you, <laughs> they don't care about how pretty the drag is. They care that you have the wig on. Yes. And that the dick is tucked somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it um, will come untucked at some point. They don't care as long as it's tucked away from where they can see it. Let's put it mm. that way. The conversation turns to Betty, who was... Uh, in the bottom she escaped elimination luckily 
But, you know, she talks about being upset about being in the bottom, which who wouldn't be? But, you know, she says she feels especially upset because she feels like she let her community down because she's a trans woman. Um, it's sad. It's that, sad. That was I kind get of it. Heartbreaking. I get it. I think it's putting a lot of pressure on herself. It is. And I think that's part of the reason why she's struggling is that she's putting all this pressure. But same thing with Mary and Betty. I think they're both putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be the best. I mean, Betty has that royalty history. Mm -hmm. Mary has the Brooklyn kind of queen notoriety. And they both feel like they have to be better than everyone else or they don't deserve their titles. So they're getting in their heads about it and it's affecting their performance negatively. Right. I mean, plus, you know, Betty mentions like, you know, it's been a lot. We've had to wait a long time trans girls to have a seat at the table. And that's a lot of pressure too, you know, aside from her being an Andrews, which is like a really well-known drag family and drag excellence. She has that on top of it. And it's a lot. And the judges aren't featuring her, you know, mm-hmm. and it gets in your head. Yeah. They talk to Coco about like, uh, I think they have Saint ask her like, if it felt empowering to be a black Morticia, which is like, what is that question? But, you know, Coco is like, yeah, it feels empowering to show the things that make black women strong and beautiful. <laughs> And putting, and, them into what, and putting them into what makes Elvira strong and beautiful. And everyone's like, uh, Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, ah, they're sisters, they're cousins. Which, which, which to be fair, which, no, no, in her, in Coco's defense, the reference for um, Elvira is Vampira, whose reference is Morticia. Okay. So that, which is where they the dress comes kind from. of related. So, yeah, so I, I get it. But at the same time, at you this point in the character. series, I think, is this the show for Coco? <laughs> <laughs> she kills it. Though. Like the interpretation was fantastic. Even if she doesn't know exactly who she represented, she did it well. So I feel like it doesn't really matter that she forgot she did Morticia, not Elvira. I think it's fine. I think, I don't know if it's necessarily like a story element, but I think at this point we're starting to see that like, I mean, Coco brings it. Coco is beautiful. But I think maybe a different competition might be better suited for someone like Coco. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Like not knowing your horror reference in that way. It's a little. It's showing her ass a little bit. A little bit. So we drink. <laughs> yes, yeah, drink. Mm. Ah, just like in Argentina. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Woo, throwback. For those of you that don't know, me and Lena met when we were studying abroad in Buenos Aires, Argentina, of all things. Yay. Hey. That's a good way to make friends. It is. I mean, we did a lot of drinking there. We did. You got that picture on your Instagram of me chugging a bottle of wine oh, like I'm yeah. Captain Morgan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So aside from Coco, they then turned to Sigourney. Literally, this is the thing that I'm talking about. It is very genuine in the sense that, like, it feels natural the way that they're speaking to everyone, but also it's just like, it's so not usual for a reality TV show, they're literally like going around to everyone and asking their opinion on everything, mm-hmm. like in one huge chunk, which just is not a natural flow for the way that reality TV is. But, you know, whatever. They're talking to Sigourney. <laughs> and apparently in the cauldron last episode, Mary said to her that she's beautiful, but she's not top four, even though she got into the top four. And Mary has Mary says something that I think is part of what got her in hot water, like online. And has given her so much backlash. She says, I guess I should have just shown my titties and I'd be top four. I feel like, like neither of them kind of deserve to be top four. Like I, I, I wasn't looking to either of them to be up there, but I don't feel like I 
disliked Mary's look more than I disliked Sigourney's look. Sigourney, I think, got to top four because of her performance, and Mary was safe because of her performance. Right. I agree. Also, I think, like, there's been a lot of hate towards Mary Cherry for her treatment of Sigourney, and there's a lot of people calling her misogynist. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see this as directly misogynist. I get where people are coming from. However, she clearly says, listen, it's not because you're an AFAB queen, aside from female at birth. Uh, it's just that I wasn't feeling the look, which this is a New York girl. She's got to tell you how she feels about your look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and she was very clear about the not AFAB. She's like, I'm glad you're here. Like you should be here, but she just wasn't feeling the look. So. Now, I do feel that everyone's inherent mistreatment of Sigourney comes from internalized misogyny. I think everyone turns on Sigourney at the drop of a dime because she's a woman. Although I don't think it's, I don't think it's like, she's a woman, fuck her. I think it's just like an internalized thing of everyone's like, fuck this girl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that was kind of my first impression of Sigourney, like, she was hot obviously that was first first impression but then when she was like oh i'm a female impersonator impersonator i was like i don't know how i feel about that but she's like growing on me and i'm kind of trying to change my mentality about afab queens in drag Mm -hmm. so i would like to think that audiences would be going through that same kind of transformation as i am trying to go through I uh, agree. That being said, that's giving a, people a lot more credit than most people deserve. <laughs> I but I think the queens in here, like a lot of the times, they'll start just like going in on Sigourney when she said nothing. And again, could be editing, but also I, I think it's a little bit of that. I think it's a little uh, bit of Zavaleta later. Yes. Yes. Um, um, is it later in the episode that she comes after Sigourney? It's in like two minutes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we're going, we'll talk about that when we get there. There's so much to get through. I mean, Sigourney reads in the confessional, girl. She says, she's like, why was I in top four? I think it's clear why I was in top four. Why weren't you in top four, Miss Mary? I think that's clear. Your belt broke and you were crying about having to zip tie it backstage. Taylor. She said, oh, word after this mary says she thinks sigourney's playing a game which sigourney's like we're all here to play a game yep. <laughs> it's a competition show but that i do being said yes. i feel like um when we get to the end of the episode i start questioning her playing a game because she kind of goes to both people in the elimination and was like i'm so sorry this is happening to you like i feel for you and i kind of felt like she should have picked the side when i think she is playing a game i think she's doing a competition and yeah, I think but that's like fine. she doesn't have to be friends with everyone. And yeah. based on her facial expression, she's not friends with everyone. It's just what she's saying behind, like off the stage, that she's like, let's be buddy buddy with literally everyone. And I don't think that's her true. I was going to say, I do think maybe part of this, I'm about to burp. Well, I'm going to have to edit this out. But... <laughs> 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 so gross. So Keep gross. it in. Keep it in. Don't edit Lena that said, out. Lena said, don't be, <laughs> Lena said, you're playing a game. You're editing out the burps. Um, <laughs> so I do think that part of Mary Cherry saying she's playing a game is she's a real bitch from Brooklyn and she's just being herself. And then Sigourney waits to read until the confession. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure Mary was perhaps a little shocked by some of the stuff that Sigourney had to say outside. But I also think. 
there's some loud ass people that don't let anyone talk. So I don't think I think Sigourney's a smart bitch and also is naturally like someone who's like, you know, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut because I don't feel like dealing with this and it's not productive. So yeah. So I do and, I, I mean do get she it. does speak her mind later in the season and it gets right. her in hot water with Mary Cherry. So clearly Mary Cherry cannot take that kind of criticism to her face. I think Mary Cherry decided that she wasn't gonna like Sigourney again. From the very beginning. Right, which happens. When she um, walked up to Betty, that's when Mary was like, okay, I'm done with you. Right, exactly, from the very start. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, they talk about, they talk about like, who they want to come back. And the standouts to me are Coco saying that she wants Zabala to gone because of, like, all the drama and she's, like, spicy and she doesn't want that. And Sigourney also says it's juicy that Zaba talked all this shit and then ended up in the bottom. See, it seems like everybody wants Zava gone except for Jade. For some reason, Jade like kind of picks Zava to come back, but it seems like everyone else is like, goodbye, bitch. Like, I think that's probably gone. editing. This is where I get kind of tired of the pageantry already with Jade. It's like, I'm, I believe, I feel like in the conventional, she's like, oh, well, nice thing, nice thing, nice thing about Vermelda, nice thing, nice thing, nice thing about Zava. And then they spliced it for whatever, because clearly mm-hmm. no one really wanted Zava back. Um, yeah, but she doesn't say anything nice about Formalda, which she does in the first episode. Jade says nice things about Formalda in the first episode. Yeah. And then I, the call second, I don't know. Yeah, it could be editing. Whatever. I mean, you know, it happens. But especially Zabaleta, she kind of ruffled a lot of feathers from the start. I didn't want her back. I, in this moment, I didn't. I think this was her episode, though, even though she didn't. I mean, spoiler, she didn't win. But I think this was kind of her episode. But Zaba comes back. And Coco is pressed. And fair. Like, oh, okay. I like Coco. I'm like kind of biased towards her, but. I don't she's... like her. I think later on the, at this point I was with Coco, but later on the episode, I'm like, I don't like this attitude. I'm not into it. I am. She's I like am. that girl in gym class who you keep like telling her to do something. She's like giving you like the eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Coco's pressed. She's clearly pressed, but then Zaba immediately gets bitchy, but only to Sigourney. <laughs> Which is so weird because it's like nobody wanted Zava back and she straight up targeted all her anger at Sigourney, even though, like you said, Coco was talking shit about her too. But she's like, no, I'm going to go after Sigourney. Right. Which to me, this does not read as direct misogyny, but it reads kind of a little like internalized catty misogyny to me personally. Mm -hmm. Which again, I just I, don't understand why no one else got that same treatment. Like, I understand why it would be an assumption of misogyny in that point. I mean, again, Mary Cherry went on this uh, show and did an interview, and she's she talks about, I just don't like Sigourney, and that's fair. I mean, what happens when you only have one AFAB queen on the whole show is that if you don't like her, it reads like misogyny, and that's not the girl's fault. Yeah, but um, she's kind of like the token AFAB queen in this exactly. Season. Which, so which when there's only the it. one and everyone hates her, it's like, oh, well, all these people hate women. Oh, we need a drink because of the bitchiness from Zava. Oh, though. word. Yeah, Zava does show her ass on that and is also bitchy. Mm-hmm. Double drink for both happening. Yes. Okay, I will say, here's why Jade's pageantry kind of, like, I'm over it as a viewer. Because Betty kind of has a little bit of pageantry, but she does it in a fun talking head way. She gives you a sound bite. Yes. Like when they ask her, she's like, I prefer nobody came back. How is that? And then in the room, they're like, oh, who do you want to come back? She's like, I hope Formelda comes back. So I have something to look at instead of you ugly bitches. That's how to do the pageantry in an entertaining way. 
Yes. She's not like directly singling anyone out, but she's still giving entertainment. Right. And that's why, that's why Betty is just so likable. I love Betty so much. I know. She's so good. And then Zava, again, only to Sigourney, because someone says something about games or she says something, I think Sigourney says something about games. So I was like, oh, I don't play games, baby. Just like Mary, I don't play games. And she yes, doesn't you fe- do. And she doesn't feel that Sigourney is genuine, which we're drinking again because that's showing her ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, neither is Zava. Um, Zava is angry, but she is not genuine. Like, I, yeah. I feel like Mary has that anger and she can be frustrating, but she seems a lot more genuine to me than Zava. I agree. I think Mary is always Mary, which, again, I remember in her interview, she mentioned, she's like, well, I was just being me and I came into this perhaps maybe a little like naively thinking everyone would just be them all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And for a lot of people, if you're aware that a camera's there, you're going to act differently than you're acting in the house. I know? mean, I'd act like Jade if I had a camera in my face, like very. Honestly, I'd be Coco. That's why I don't <laughs> like her in this episode. <laughs> oh, in real life, I feel very similar to Coco. My face is very expressive. I can be bitchy here and there. But as soon as a camera turns on, like I, my dad's a lawyer. I get really political. I'm not going to say anything that could be used against me. So I, I think in front of a camera, I'd be a lot like Jade. I think at this point, I'd be self-aware, but I wouldn't be able to contain it. I would be a mix of Mary and Coco. I think I'd be more Coco than Mary, but like the honesty and the not being able to hide the emotions on your face would be very me. Yeah, um, yeah. It's hard to hide the face emotions when you have an expressive face. Right. So we get our video message. I mean, the monsters are having a Nosferatu beach party, which this would be the challenge I'd I was like literally screaming at Stephen. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, it's cool. I love it. I love the vampire glamour stitch. And they say moonlit beaches and bloodthirsty leeches await you at our glamorous midnight beach party for vampires only. And the monsters must design and create an original look matching the Nosferatu beach party theme. And they must model their designs in a music video style lip sync. You know what I was upset that I did not see in this episode because I personally would do this is some kind of vampiric wetsuit. Wetsuit mm. are tight, you know, to the wrists, to the ankles, body suits. You can make the whole thing out of latex. I did not see that once. I think, I mean, Saint kind of gave it to us, but she gave us a bodysuit version. Yes. And I think you have a good idea because I think that's why Saint won because I think it's just, it's cunty. It's good. I would love, I want to see more latex. I want to see more full body suits. Like it, it was a lot of swimsuits and I feel like nobody had the idea to do a wetsuit. And as someone who wears a wetsuit to work every day, mm. it's sexy as hell. Like my whole body right. is covered, but it is so hot. I fucking love a good wetsuit. And I feel like you could definitely make a horror spin on it. My wetsuit is older than I am. So it's got a bunch of random tears and stretches in it that like I could probably just wear my regular torn up neon wetsuit and do some crazy makeup and heels and it'd Mm -hmm. be a look. That would be good. I mean, okay. So they say it can be, the look can be horror, camp, gory, glam, but must fit the theme and must show off who you are. Would you do, do you think you would do glam for this? Like you would do the wetsuit, but would you do glam? I think my like general preference is this combination of horror and glam. Mm. So I'd still probably so you'd be perfect for the show. So what you're saying is <laughs> season five, 
Lena the Luna is the winner. <laughs> Please sign me up. I would kick everyone's asses. Yes. Um, yes, I would love to wear my wetsuit to something like this. I'd tear it up even more. Um, have combination of neon and black and latex and give it a very like 80s vibe. Yes. Um, and everybody did like 50s or 20s. Which... Everyone did kind of 60s, right? Because Six, Yeah. Because, you know, I think so they say that the reference is Anne Margaret. They say the reference is Anne Margaret. Okay. And Mary goes, no, I don't, but neither does Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily we have Google. Um, so she's an actress. I looked it up before. I don't really know. what. I think she's just like a 60s sex bombshell. Okay. Yeah, I can I, see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she was involved in horror or not because I'm not that involved in it, but it looks like she was married to Elvis Presley and she's basically quintessential 60s bombshell which i think is what does it which mama that's exactly where i fall anyway so i think for me obviously saint was so hot i wish i had that idea but <laughs> i think honestly realistically i would go betty which okay. betty had like a huge like like tracy turnblad like hair and then like a one piece and a cover-up and then like vampire teeth I think that's probably okay. where I go. So I have a question about these. Do these girls know what the other competitors are doing? Because I feel like I would alter. That was one of the reasons why I was like, why am I not seeing any 80s wetsuits? Mm-hmm. Um, is because every, it felt like everyone kind of did the same idea. And I would have appreciated it more if they had more variety in between them. Mm-hmm. I think probably what happened, I mean, because I in their, in the boudoir, I think they can see other people and hear what they're saying. Because, you know, there's a few girls, which we'll get into later on. There's a few girls who are like, well, I had this idea of everyone's doing 60s. And then other girls are like, well, you don't have to do 60s just because everyone else is doing it. But okay, so I do know what the other girls are doing. So, yes. So it gives me the vibe that, like, at the very least, they can hear what other people are saying. And also, like, in, in that close quarters, you can see what other people are doing if they're making outfits. And you can, like, the wigs are out and stuff. I, I feel like perhaps in next seasons, they'll give them a little more, like, oh, you guys all need to be cohesive or something. Because I get the desire to be cohesive because everyone is just performing at the same time. Right? So you can really, I mean, Saint, for example, didn't do 60s and still really stood out and won. Which, spoiler, sorry, listener, whatever. So I I think it could go one of two ways. It could either, you could like stand out for the right reasons and win, or you could stand out for the wrong reasons and go the fuck home. So I I, get the hesitation. You know, Mary kind of stood out for the wrong reasons. Like I get the anglerfish, but they did say vampire. So it was kind of a stretch of like, okay, I guess. But they live for it. They live for it. You know, again, it's a risk. And sometimes the risk pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I think I would do like a Betty-ish thing. And I can't tell if I would do it just because I've seen this, but like the, I love the bat wing as like the ears. So I'd want to do that. Okay. That the Coco thing. I love, I live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That was really good. Yes. Oh, also they say it's a duet. So you have to dance with a partner. You have to choreograph your own dance with a partner for the whole lip sync, which is a long fucking lip sync. So that must suck. But we get a surprise. Dolly from season two is back. Hey, I like Dolly. I feel I like, like Dolly, Dolly gave gave it a new. He he brings this kind of which I've noticed that they use he him pronouns for Dolly, which um, it's actually really interesting because so Dolly, if you don't know, is from season two of Dragonland Resurrection, and in season two, 
Dolly was doing femme presenting drag. Now it's male presenting drag. Right. It's very androgynous or male leaning. I mean, let me show you. This isn't for the podcast. Let me show you the season two look. Because this was her season two in the conventional. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's completely different. Um, I I found it interesting for this Nosferatu beach party, the combination of mustache with heels. Uh Like it it does bring kind of this androgynous vibe, which stands out from the other competitors. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. I mean, Dolly has, you know, the experience. I mean, clearly they liked her for some reason or another, or liked him for some reason or another, because they brought him back twice. Now, even though he didn't win Resurrection, they brought him back, Um, which is awesome. And then we have one more surprise. There's another Fright Feet, which means that... (laughs) All of them have to eat a head of garlic and a glass of pig's blood, ethically sourced. And whoever finishes first gets to assign the teams. How do you ethically source pig's blood? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like how you ethically source like pig fetuses to dissect. It's like a byproduct of like making pork. Okay. Okay. So um, I think- second thing, definitely should not be drinking blood of any point. I mentioned this when we were talking over Instagram, mm. but um, we have a human reflex to vomit when we have blood in our stomach. It's yeah. a way of telling us that we have internal bleeding and are dying. So yeah. not a great idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why they do that though. Because <laughs> <laughs> they want the vomiting. They want the gross shit. I mean, but they didn't show any of the vomiting. Like, oh, they showed the them gagging, buckets? gagging, but not throwing. Which like, made me blood gag. I was like, when I was rewatching it the second time for this, I was like, I skipped it. I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> can't do the gagging. That's the part. Like, I love Dragula, and I wish I could be a contestant. But all of these, like, like the the extermination challenge this week, I would just be like, just send me home. You couldn't do leeches on you? No, no, no. See, I could. And I think it's that kind of like I think you're strong background enough. thing for me <laughs> because I know that leeches are a legitimate medical procedure. Like it's something mm. we make I know that too, but in it's the 1800s for doing leeches as medical stuff, but real doctors still use it. That's how you clean severe wounds is you put leeches on it. Right. They're very I, sanitary. The sanitary is not what it you know what fucked me up and what makes it so I can't compete on Dragula fucking series of unfortunate events from when I was like five years old made me afraid of witches. <laughs> I used to not want to go in water at all. They're not going to kill you. Like they don't take enough blood to kill you. If anything, it's not the killing part. It's just that they freak out. me out. <laughs> they freak me it's, out. It's a legitimate fear. A lot of people are afraid of leeches, but I think growing up in a medical household with my mom showing me slides of disgusting skin diseases as a child, I'm just like- You have an unnatural advantage. Valid, yes. I have an unnatural advantage. Fair. Um, (laughs) So they do that. It's fucking disgusting. And Zavaleta is the winner. She finishes. And honestly, I mean, maybe it's just the editing, but that bitch barely gagged. Like she, she knew what she wanted to do. She said- which I, th- this does, I think later on, she shows her ass again. So I, I kind of go back to not being her biggest fan. But, you know, I, I appreciate what she's giving. And I, I respect her based on this episode. Because she went into this episode and said, I did horrible last time. And I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to do everything I can to come out on top. And, she, you know, I, I think that's good. And so she assigns the teams. Uh, Dolly says he's excited to be back. And they ask him if he's excited to compete with his daughter, which if you didn't hear or didn't pay attention from the first episode, Astrid is Dolly's drag daughter. 
I did not realize that. Okay. Mm-hmm. She says it in season, in um, not season, in episode one, but it's like in passing. So it's whatever. Okay. And that's why Astrid's so excited to see Dolly. Um, oh. But doesn't so they, Astrid compete with Sigourney and not Dolly? What do you mean? Like the, the pairing. So are they saying Oh, that? yeah. So they're not paired together. It's just, are you excited to compete in the same season? Right. So this is this okay. is like before it. Like, so they ask if Dolly is excited to compete with his daughter. And he says, compete with? Yes. Again, it's not so much. And basically everyone wants to fuck Dolly, including me. Yeah, fair. Is, it's fine. Dolly's hot. Fucking sexy, dude. I feel um, it. Those eyes. I love me some good androgyny, the drag, the out of drag. I feel like whenever personality. I feel like you would be like, oh, you're kind of hot if you saw Dali. But if you knew, if you found out Dali was a dragoon, you'd take him home. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And is Dali is one of the kinder ones on the show. Like Dali's not there to instill drama. Dali's there to win. I think the, I don't remember entirely. I do remember seeing him on season two. I don't remember much, I guess, but I, I remember him being stressed out, like very stressed out in season two. I think he's calm. I think he's been through the ringer a few times and he understands the show. Um, he's a few years older. He's been doing drag a little longer. And I think he's a really good front runner. And I think I, I might be a bit biased because I really like the name. Salvador Dali is my right. absolute favorite artist. I literally have a tattoo on the back of my head painted by Salvador Dali I am obsessed so the fact that kind of did this pun on like Dolly like maybe Dolly Parton this female named Dolly together with Salvador Dali the painter I I just like immediately I was like I'm gonna like this person Mm -hmm. great I mean he gives good talking head too so I can't complain Mm -hmm. so at this point like I have myself now they eat all the shit and Zava wins and Zava picks the pairs and she keeps talking about how she's a bitch, but then she doesn't throw anyone a curveball, which yeah. I feel like that merits a drink because that's just like going against what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I was kind of expecting Zava to like fuck people over and, and create more dramatic, like, I don't know, put Mary together with Sigourney. Right, not fucking over Sigourney. As soon as she didn't do anything weird with Sigourney, I was like, okay, so this is going nowhere. Which, yeah, um, I, I don't feel like these pairings were intentional in any way. No, I mean, they, and all of them talk about how it's like completely, it seems completely random. I'm sure it was. And Zava says, she's like, you know, if you do bad, it's your own fault. And I'm not trying to fuck over anyone, which is, mm-hmm. you know, good on you, I guess. Would that be my decision on a competition show where I was just in the bottom? I don't think so. No, I'd fuck people over for sure. I, I don't even so. feel like it would be bitchy to fuck people over. It's like you have that position of power for one quick second. Right. You want to give yourself as much priority as you can. Right. I also feel like, I mean, this comes into play later where you're here for yourself. You're here to win. You want the yeah. money. You want the whole thing. So you should really play to that. Not about how real you come off. I kind of get choosing Saint for herself, though. Like, that was probably her priority that she wanted to work with Saint. I do th- I do think she purposefully chose someone for herself, and then everyone else was like, whatever. Yes, exactly. Go to you. Um. <laughs> Please keep that in. I want to hear all the burps on the podcast. You said, I want every dad who wishes he could be with me to hear all the burps. Um, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so she picks Saint for herself. She pairs Mary and Coco together, which Coco is pressed, 
plucked and pissed. Uh, I kind of get it. Like, I, I like Coke a lot more than I like Mary. I like Mary, but, you know, given her performance later, knowing that, I don't think I'd be happy either. Like, if you don't know how to do something, like, if you don't know how to make costumes for this kind of challenge, it's going to be hard. That's and Mary's not a great team player, as we find out later no. in the season. No. Which Coco isn't either. But, well, well, I think there's a lot to talk about with that. I think we'll talk about it. So Gordy and Astrid are together, which is fine. Dolly and Hoso are together. And Betty and Jade are together. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, even though this does seem random, somehow Zava, <coughs> uh, somehow, Z- <laughs> somehow Zava like manages to fuck people over because like some of the pairings, even though like they don't, they clearly have no intention behind them, like end up fucking the people over. Yeah, I mean, that's what some of the people claim. That's what the loser claims that it's like the pairing that fucked her over. I I really don't feel like these pairings were in any way fucking people over. I think. Saint and Coco together could have make a made a fucking fantastic show. Oh, and I the feel way like I would be Dolly beating my meat if Saint and Coco were together, right? And Dolly and Hoso, I probably would a not real surprise them together. good pair. They are. I was not surprised that they were a good pair. Like I would expect them to work well together. Really? And as Zavaleta, I would be intimidated to put them together. I would split them up intentionally to give myself a better chance. I think perhaps Zavaleta wasn't familiar with Dolly's work. I mean, even Maybe. I, who was who I'm vaguely familiar of it. I don't know if I would have guessed that, like, I think they're both incredibly strong performers individually. I don't know if I would have thought that they could marry their drag so fiercely together. So I feel like it could have probably been that. Although (laughs) they ask the room or Astrid asks if people think any of the teams won't work work well together and Zava and Mary in unison immediately say, you and Sigourney. Which is, it's significant foreshadowing, but I would not have responded like that. Like, I was right. not I mean, expecting it's clear that they Sigourney, just Sigourney and Astrid to have problems. Right. And it's clear they just hate Sigourney, although they do have problems later on. We'll find out. And then Mary says Sigourney was talking shit about Astrid, which I guess is off camera, but like... She's just trying to stir shit up. She's trying to stir shit up. She's being her honest self. But also, here's the thing. If it's said off camera, it didn't happen. In the sense that, like, I'm sure it did happen... Or actually, no, I'm not sure it did happen. But like, even if it did happen, if it didn't happen on camera, that's not going to look cute for you, Mary. If it didn't happen on camera and then then it's never going to, you're going to look like the crazy one. Yeah, it just, it makes it seem like she's making shit up. And I don't know if, if it's true that she was actually talking shit about Astrid but it's not in the episode. It's not in the previous episode. So it makes it, so it didn't like Mary's just trying to stir up drama. Right. I mean, and then when Sigourney ignores her, Mary says, I know you heard me, which first of all, again, makes Mary look crazy, mm-hmm. of which we have to drink to. And then it also starts a relationship dynamic we will see for literally the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Mary... I- I kind of get that when Mary says that feels that Sigourney is a perfectionist and Astrid is a bit chaotic. I do. I was going to say that is a valid comment and we'll see that that is true. (laughs) A bit more drama, but everyone gets to work, right? We start with Sigourney and Astrid who seem to be doing like the typical like 60s, 
like uh, the monkey and stuff like that. And like, I guess a little sexy. Sigourney is clearly taking the lead and she's very serious. And Astrid, at least at first, looks like she's having fun and like not taking it too seriously. But And she seems cooperative when they're like, yeah, we need to right. compromise. We have to make sacrifices for each other. They're, they both seem kind of on board with the plan. Um, I don't know if they are both sacrificing because of the editing. Okay, um, work, yeah, because it doesn't really seem like Sigourney does much sacrificing. No, no, and I'm I'm not sure why Astrid had to do the sacrificing. Like, they did not show in the editing Sigourney pressuring her to cut down her look or anything like that. So, it, I mean, it's Sigourney kind of does Sigourney does say to Astrid, they show maybe let's cut our biggest gags because we the important part is the performance. Sigourney does say that. I will say it doesn't seem like Sigourney sacrifices much, although Sigourney doesn't have a gag on the stage. And there's a difference between an outfit reveal and a gag. Right. So I, I, I do think that's what Astrid feels she sacrificed was the outfit right. reveal. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, this could have played off in a multitude of ways we don't see. All we see is the end result, but it could have been you know, they had like buckets of blood to shoot out of their body and they just decided not to do it. Or it could be that Astrid said, hey, I have this outfit reveal and Sigourney said, mm, I don't think we should do that because it's not unicide, like unified. And then Astrid changed her outfit. Or it could be that Sigourney said, don't do that. I don't want you to wear that. And then Astrid changed her outfit. You know what I mean? So, And it's weird that they would edit that out because I feel like that's drama for a reality show. If Sigourney was like, no, don't do that then that would be like prime drama so it which leads me to believe to... that she didn't say exactly so. it leads me to believe that there wasn't anything dramatic it was an actual gag and not an outfit reveal that got cut right Hoso and dolly say we want to do this campy and stupid and i live <laughs> yes and they succeeded at campy and it wasn't just campy and stupid like it had some creepiness to it too but the campiness it kind of made it more upbeat like they, right. it was yeah. fun it was just so fun and i just feel like a lot of them weren't fun which they yes. mentioned later on but yeah hoso and dolly intimidating pairing if i was right. Aleta, i wouldn't have put them together i think after seeing the performance that would not do it again yes like putting them together but yeah saint mentions in the confessional that she has some reservations about being with someone in the bottom last week i mean fair which is fair. Also, you know, with a lot of these reality TV shows, you're in the confessional and they won't let you get lunch or something until you say something nice and bad about a queen mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, I, that's a fair comment. It is. And clearly that's the only reservation she has. And <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, she whips those. Yeah. Whips those floaties out like kills the way I want Saint to peg me. <laughs> <laughs> Saint is smoking. Especially in drag. I said last week she doesn't do femme drag. I mean, this was femme. So I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, but still. Like it. I like femme drag, obviously, because I like women. But obviously because we're having is sex. Hot out of a out of drag as well. Like I yes. just Saint does it for me. Ah, the way I would fuck so many of these girls. Anyway, <laughs> Coco is uh, hoes are still mad. Coco still mad as hell. Um, I get it. <laughs> She got a difficult partner, um, and it's hard to make a cohesive duet when they both have such different ideas of what kind of drag they want to do on the I agree. I also think Coco is part of the problem, because every time we see Mary suggest something, Coco just says, no, 
and then doesn't suggest anything. <laughs> Coco's so. going to do what Coco's <laughs> going to do. And it just seems like they both kind of did whatever they wanted to individually do, which they right. got docked for later on. Which we can um, talk about this judging because this judging is a little shoddy to me. But I, I think the judges were too similar to each other, but we'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. Betty is happy with Jade and says that they're both campy queens, which I don't agree with, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with your su- summation of that. At, le- at least in, in terms of what's being presented to us of them, they both read similar queens to me. They both read like they're pretty pageant girls. I think Betty is more, Betty is a more impactful performer at Dragula. Agreed. And I, I think she does it a little better than Jade, but I, I do think they're similar in the fact that they kind of have a pageanty background. They're both pretty mm-hmm. girls. And I do think they give a campy performance eventually. But, but I don't think that's their natural state. Like, I don't think no. they're naturally campy. I think I think Betty has the repertoire. Campy. I would pause to think of Jade doing campy stuff. Yes, um, I agree. I think Betty's more campy than Jade. Right. And then Mary's talking to Coco and says not to complicate it with, like, too many dance moves and then does two of the most basic dance moves I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Which leads me to believe that they're not a good pairing from the start because both of them are like, I don't know how to do this. And Sigourney, speaking of dance moves, prioritizes dance moves over gags. We mentioned that she told Astrid to, like, cut some stuff, that they're both going to cut gags. Because um, it's about the performance. And I, I get Sigourney's mentality with this. I get it, but then everyone does gags. <laughs> Oh. You gotta have well-functioning gags, which is kind of tough with the time limit that they have. Agreed. That's what happened to Zavaleta in episode one. So right. I would be weary to use gags unless you're 120% sure it's going to work perfectly. I think perhaps there's an element of what you were talking about before, Lena, where like, even though they can probably see what other people are doing, they don't know exactly what their performance is going to be. So they don't realize that everyone's doing gags. So they probably think, oh, well, it's a performance challenge. So who cares about gags? But then everyone <laughs> has a gag. And I just wrote that I'm obsessed with the slow motion. I think it's Betty is like brushing her wig, but then the brush does not touch the hair. <laughs> Wait, which to be fair, she probably was just smoothing it with like the back of the brush, but it's just so funny to look at in slow motion. Mary asks Coco what the strategy is and Coco returns the question. <laughs> I do um, want to say at one point, Mary says that Coco needs more confidence. And I'm like, Coco's confidence is. I think if anything, Coco could take a little less confidence. Yeah, she got more than enough confidence. She does not need any more. Hoso says that they're going to do that, um, them and Dali are going to do high femme drag, which is out of character for them. And I think it's interesting. I mean, um, Dali does not do high femme drag, though. I wouldn't call it high femme. I think. On this season, they like to uh, call things high and maximum and like top drag, and it's like <sighs> I think that's an exaggeration. It's an exaggeration. I do think Dolly skews femme in this presentation. I think that's great. I think it's Dolly saying, "Hey, I can do this," and I'm going to show you episode one that I can go out of what I'm doing. Usually, mm-hmm. I um, I felt that it really like Hoso's drag was very femme in this ap- episode. Dolly's stood out to me because it was masculine. Dolly gives more mass presenting drag. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think in this one, the body gave woman. Um, yeah, and she was wearing reveal. heels. After yes, the reveal. After the reveal. And she was wearing heels. Before the reveal, it was a trench coat. It was a mustache. And right. the heels stood out as a contrast. But it was mostly masculine drag until the reveal. Right. And I think that's a good choice. I think that's a good choice 
you want to show diversity. Zava and Saint plan to share the spotlight, whatever that means. Mary's- they kind of do. They, I feel they like do. they succeeded at sharing the spotlight, which I don't feel like any either of them is necessarily good at sharing the spotlight with other people. Right. So I think they really succeeded and it kind of surprised me. I think both of them share the spotlight, but Saint knew how to steal the spot. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. Mary is concerned that her team's outfits aren't 60s enough because everyone else is basically doing that. And Mary doesn't know who Anne Margaret is, though. How oh, no, no. Uh, Coco doesn't know. Coco doesn't know who Anne Margaret oh, is. And Coco just gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's like, I don't know. They said the inspo's Anne Margaret. She's like, who's Anne Margaret? I swear it was Mary who said who's Anne Margaret. No, no, it was Coco. Okay. Because I wrote, I mean, Coco's not really being a team player. A little bit, or at least it seems that way. Like basically, what happens is Mary. Mary has a lot of ideas, so sometimes I get saying no because Mary just keeps throwing shit out there. However, I do think every time Mary says something, Coco just said no, gave no feedback, and just went back to doing what she was doing. And I think for a bit of cohesion, probably they should have done some sixties outfits. All right. Mary. Mary does eventually point to Betty, and Betty's doing this huge like hairspray Tracy Turnblatt hair and mary's like i feel like we should be doing something like betty or you should be doing something like betty and coco's like in the conventional she's like i don't want to be told to be like someone else that's a problem for me which i'm just like i get it but at the same time it is like you're not being told to be betty you're being told to do a 60s thing and i I feel like but it it did she was like i don't want to wear the wig because i'm going to look like Betty and I kind of right. she wasn't wrong I, I I think that's an uncharitable reading on Coco's part Mary also I mean Mary again is talking about doing 60s and then comes in like this angler mermaid thing and s- her explanation is she's like well girls like me weren't invited as in like big girls were invited to these kinds of parties so I'm and there's mermaids on the beach so I did not read that as big girls I read that as black girls she said in the 60s, these kinds of parties, women like we, me were not invited. And I read that as Black women were not That's invited fair. to these parties. I agree. I agree to a certain extent. Also, none of the people in this room would be invited to a party in the 60s. Yeah, because it's a Do bunch I mean? of drag. Yeah, gay men and drag queens. Like, that's not what the 60s right so i'm i'm kind of not into this explanation i think i get it i appreciate it but at the same time it's like okay well none of us would have been invited and also you know what they're looking for you know it's the one-piece bathing suit and the big wig and you can do that as a big girl but that's what i was saying earlier about like wanting to introduce this 80s look is like i just felt like everybody did the same look and there could have been more creativity to it one piece of it is fitting into the prompt but the other piece of it is taking your own spin on it so i appreciated that mary did her own spin on it i feel like the judges did a better job of interpreting her outfit than she did herself because mm-hmm. this mermaid thing did not fit the prompt this anglerfish did not fit the prompt but the judge is going hey you know it's kind of the vampire of the sea so it does fit the prompt like right. if mary had that explanation for her own outfit then that would have been enough for me to be like, you know what? Fuck yeah, take your own take on it. Right. Aside from this, the last thing I'll say about them getting ready is that Dolly does mention that 
doesn't see Mary doing much, which kind of becomes a theme. Yes, it does. Shall we, my darling, move on to the floor show? Let's do it. So, I mean, I feel like we have to talk about the Boulets look. Honestly, not my favorite. It's okay. If you don't remember, it was like, it's Mm -hmm. like velvet gown. And like, they kind of have like these limbs on their shoulders and stuff that look like tree branches. It's fine. Doesn't have much to do with the theme. Although that's not necessarily, the, the hosts don't necessarily have to deal with the theme. But I wasn't into it. But our guest judges, much to Lena's excitement, are Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, I love her so much. Yes, who I will, I do have to give credit where credit is due. She does kind of poke fun at herself on Dry Race and says, I'm so into blood right now. Yes. I did love that. And then her best friend, if I recall correctly, who is Gigi McGree. Uh, DJ. Mm-hmm. So I kind of immediately, as soon as the judges popped up, I'm like, these women are basically the same person with different yeah. hair colors. And I don't know if they, so they've got two, the Boulay bro- brothers who basically have the same opinion. And mm-hmm. then they've got two guest judges who basically have the same opinion. So you've got two opinions for four people. And I really wanted to see more variety in the panel. I agree. I mean, I understand why they're on. Probably also it's like, I think it's always a benefit to the reality TV show, let's say, when there's friends as guest judges, right? Because it gives more chemistry, which we'll see in next episode as well. Both of the guest judges are friends. But I do agree. I think it's kind of like one note sometimes for the girls. Like it's not it's not benefiting the girls. It's benefiting the viewer. Yes. Yes. And I mean, even as the viewer, I, I do want to see more variety. I think the nep- next episode gives a little bit of a difference between the judges. Right. These two were just it felt like we were having two judges out of four that were again i think this is just me because like i know we had this conversation last episode but where are the drag queens you know what i mean i feel like in this situation it's like okay i i do get vanessa hudgens vanessa hudgens is an actress and it is kind of acting you're lip syncing which means you're not singing you're giving the the performance i get that Vanessa Hudgens supports drag, whatever. I'm sure Gigi, whoever the fuck, supports drag. <laughs> fine. But, like, where are the drag queens? Where yeah. are the girls giving the lip syncs? Where are the girls who are going to talk about, like, Betty's flub? Like, what happens with that? Who? I just feel like we needed a drag queen. I mean, next episode, they bring in a drag queen, don't they? Yes. Tristan Mattel? Yeah. Yes. Very famous so, drag queen. But it, it takes the first two episodes before they introduce a drag queen guest judge. Yes, agreed. (laughs) Let's get into the looks, which I I guess we can, they do like a little mini floor show, right? Before we get into, before we get into like the actual like lip sync. So why don't we do that Mm -hmm. quick? First we have Saint who, Jesus Christ, if Saint doesn't unload in me in about three seconds. (laughs) I love it. outfit, I am obsessed. So she's in like this, like, it looks like patent leather like a one piece, but like it's like a leotard one piece with no sleeves. It has like the like eighties, what you would call it, like the diamond up to the neck. If that makes sense. And I'm here for the details of this outfit. Yes. The ears, the wings, so she the has, edges. Yes. Yeah, so she has like a swim cap with like bat ears on it. That is beautiful. Her edges are coming out and they're swirling onto her face. She has like floaties that have bat wings on them. She has gloves on. They're all the same material. And then fuck if I know if it's patent leather, I'm going to assume it's patent leather. If not, it's final. And either way, it's beautiful. In the stage light, it's giving cunt. Yes. It's giving fashion. 
It is. And no it, one else gave it. It gives me this like 20 vibes as well with Which the is what they swim were. cat together with the edges. It's beautiful. The nails are so detailed. Oh, yes. The Her ends on it that had great nails. Oh my God. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Saint is serving for this one. Saint said, yes, I did win Resurrection. I'm here to win again. And I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Next, we have Mary Cherry, which I will say, I do think it's a good look. Do I think it's a good look for this category? No. I feel like she can't move the way she needs to to perform well. I agree. Unfortunate that the outfit is restricting her movement. This is out of the box, and kind of the judges were kind of living for it. The fucking lamp taped to her head makes me, it cracks my shit up. <laughs> It's hilarious. And I kind of, like I mentioned, I feel like most people did kind of a variation on the same look. And I feel like Mary Cherry actually served something different from everybody else. I do think Mary Cherry's group served something different. I think Saints group served something different, but I think Mm -hmm. Saints was more successful because it was 20s. It gave her 20s. And I think that's what they want. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I felt like Saint was able to perform better because her outfit was not restricting her. I really like. Let me tell you, Saint better perform better in my bedroom later. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, next we have Zabaleta, which to me this gives like a bejeweled twenties one piece plus like cap. And honestly, yeah. it it looks gorgeous to me. We're going to get into the judging because I have problems with the judging. But yeah, I don't know if I agree with the judging on this one, but it also could be the editing that we're not seeing. What again, again, like we said last episode, sometimes things read different in person than on camera. Mm-hmm. She has like a red one piece bathing suit that's bedazzled into next year. Uh-huh. The uh, swim cap, the edges. Right. So she has a swim cap, the same color, equally bedazzled. She has edges coming out of it, which I feel like wasn't planned, but is convenient that she was paired with Saint, who has a similar thing going on because it kind of unifies them. Yes. The heels are unremarkable. They're black. Yeah. I feel like the drag queens, uh, perhaps enemy number one is the heel because you have to get it in your size and that kind of limits you. Yeah. Um, I do think perhaps if she had really thought about it ahead of time, she would have covered it in red stones. But great look. I salute you, my dear. I wouldn't have stoned it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so next we have Coco. I'm not going to lie. I have a lot to say. Holy fuck. That was my first one. She came out with the afro and the edges and the ears. I was like, damn. Oh, so you bro. were living. Oh, I was living for this. I was not. It- it wasn't the 50s, 20s thing that everybody else did. Like, I felt like she stood out. And I knew that she was doing her typical stripper character that she does. Mm. But honestly, I felt like it was different from everybody else. And I really appreciated seeing that. Okay, I do appreciate that it's different. Also, I want the fucking, she has like bat wings as ears. I want that. I want to copy that like every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't like. The costume is nothing. Which I know it's supposed to be nothing because like her tits are literally like eight inches off of her body and like they're barely covered by the costume, but it's just like a ripped up leotard that's red. I'm just a hater. Like I'm <laughs> miss my drag characters a natural redhead, but like blood red colors or like true red colors, I don't like his hair colors because they always look cheap. This doesn't look cheap. This doesn't See, look cheap per se, but 
I like the blood red colors. I've always liked redheads. Uh, as you know, from my time in Argentina, I like me a redhead. Yes. Um, but <laughs> the blood red false, like red color that yeah. people do not grow naturally. It's just kind of this emo girl thing that I've always oh, yeah. been in love with. I like. Yeah, I do have to identify because red. the emo boy thing, it's like the boys I could never have when I was a fat chubby little kid there are certain colors i think the like true blood red i think a dark navy blue and i think a dark green are all colors in hair that will always look cheap this is i think of the interpretations this is a better one but here's the thing it's another ponytail i'm just not interested like when she came in and her entrance look she had another ponytail which is different because this one is teased but her other one was like a kim k ponytail it's just a it's too similar for me She's giving kind of the same, and I think that that's a mistake. To me. Okay. And it, I also it feels yeah. different than the entrance look to me. It it is different. I I do have to say it is different. Just I think also it kind of feels like okay, well, I'm just gonna be a gorgeous woman and throw on some fake fangs and a bat wing ear and call it a day. I don't. Like I that. will say that the outfit disappears into the body. Agreed. Like it is hard to which I'm sure is the, the outfit when your ass is out, when your tits are out. Yeah. Like it is about serving body, not so much about serving fashion. Which fantastic, but I also think on a show like this, you need to share, you need to serve the fashions. Yeah, fair. After that, we have Miss Sigourney. I think if I didn't, if I were on this show, I would give something similar to Sigourney or to Betty. I mean, Sigourney is hot. Like Sigourney's I, hot. I love the blood dripping. I love the bat bra. I'm feeling it, but I also feel like this is expected. Like, yeah, I was going to say the thing with this outfit. Yeah. The thing with this is it's very simple. So she has a two piece. She has like a high waisted two piece, right? She has like, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a black stripe two piece. She has a nice, like big sixties hairstyle and she has an umbrella that matches the fabric. Which is fine, but there's no stonework, there's no fringe, there's nothing interesting, and she just has teeth on. It's not the most fun interpretation, and I just feel like throwing teeth on pretty face, even though that's like the most, that's the easiest thing to do, I don't think that's the prompt. To me. I'd hit on her if I saw her out on Halloween, like she looks amazing, but I just, I don't see the creativity, I don't see the, that she deserves to be famous from this kind of, uh, interpretation of the prompt i felt like it was very literal great the next up so after sigourney we have for after whoever we have bitter betty which i we talk about the prop yes so bitter betty comes out in i actually wrote a great description she comes out she's giving the mom from hairspray if the mom Mm -hmm. was happier and hotter but and in the one piece i like the concept here's the other thing so she has like that like Tracy Turnblatt wig and she's kind of giving like mom next to Jade but what happens is she clearly so she apparently according to her Twitter she had planned she has a bald cap under the wig she had planned a reveal and to have Jade squirt sunscreen onto her head but what happens is Jade like fake fucks her with something and then the wig falls off oh so they should have jumped to the sunscreen thing as soon as the wig wig fell off right but also she was in the position of like she was on her back do you know i mean so i think what happened and you kind of see it is the wig started coming off and she just took it off Mm -hmm. you know 
So there was an intentional reveal, but it didn't happen when they had it, or when they had planned out that. Yeah, I had an issue with the little head thing. She kind of like tosses it around sometimes, and I wanted her to straight up play volleyball with the decapitated head. I feel oh, like right. they pull out like it. a fake decapitated head. Yes, yes, and she's just like playing around with it and tossing it around a little bit. Like I wanted a full ass beach volleyball game. With I would have pretended to fuck the head, head. like the that bottom of the head. Too. Oh, that's very Ed Gein of you. Because that's what he did. Yeah, they could have done more with the prop. Like, either don't include the prop or make it more interesting. Yeah, you need to do more than just pull out a bag. Yes, yeah. So I was Um, a bit disappointed by the use of the prop. I understand a wig falling off. I feel like it could have made it more intentional. It does, it does. We're moving on to Jade, who's like, she's giving vampire Barbie. She's giving... I appreciated seeing something a little different from Jade. I felt like this was less basic because she did the full face. Yes, so she clearly applied some sort of prosthetic. She has like the turned up bat nose, but Mm -hmm. made it drag, which I'm obsessed with. She like gave these huge cutout blushed cheeks on her prosthetic, which I'm obsessed with. I feel like she didn't get the attention she deserved for this one. I disagree slightly with my beautiful guest judge only because this outfit is nothing. I, it feels very uh, Sigourney. Like it's super similar to Sigourney's outfit. Right. But here's what happens also. Sigourney's adornments weren't as basic as Jade. She has a basic leather jacket with nothing on it. And then like knee high black boots, which I think drags the outfit down and drags the look down. And I think that's kind of why she got nothing. You know, mm. also the sunglasses have nothing on them. Rhinestone the damn glasses, do you uh, like But I, her face is so much like Betty's yes. or sorry, Sigourney's outfit did more, but her face but was But Jade's basic. face is more but of an Jade's, event than yeah. Exactly. So you kind of need an understated outfit in order to draw attention to the face. I think what happened is she put a lot of effort into the face, which is great. And a lot of this clearly is prosthetic, so she had to apply it. And then Mm -hmm. she didn't have time to do anything else. Oh, yeah. Which is realistic, but what happens is it drags down everything else. And it says, I put all this effort into this face and nothing else. But I think Jade was giving performance the whole time. This could have been a bit of a bare week for her if the judging was different. After Jade, we have Miss Hoso, who's in like, she's in kind of a page boy curl, a curled like page wavy page boy wig and like this huge, what would you call this? Just like a cover up? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really feeling this kind of jumpsuit cover-up that she had going on. Well, it's like the classic, she also is different because it's like a 40s reference, right? It's like a 40s, like, uh, Hollywood diva star. What I'm obsessed with is the wig revealing to, anytime a wig reveals to a wig, I'm obsessed. So she takes off the page boy and she takes off the robe and she has like a lifeguard one piece and like another wig under it, but the wig has like a swim cap on it. And I'm so into it. The under outfit I am living for. The over outfit, I feel like just exists to reveal the real shit underneath. But, but once she did the reveal, it changed yes. everything. But this bitch sells it with her performance. She gives the like super campy like, oh, like that yes. is so good and you can't take that away from her she sells it and that's ha- that's over that's like three quarters of the battle if you can sell this shit if the mm-hmm. judge if the judges buy what you're selling regardless of how cheap it is that's all you got to do 
Yes, you know? yes. So. She's so cute. I she I love when she and when she did the reveal, like you can see more facial expressions, more body movements. And she has the like, smile really painted on, that. which I'm always obsessed with. It's amazing. It, it exaggerates the smile because you can see that she is really smiling for chunks of it. Um, but the makeup exaggerates that. I mean, if Dolly was next to me, I'd be smiling too. (laughs) Either one of them. Like, I'd be happy with either one of them. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, not to sexualize the contestants, but when Hosa was in that crop top, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we have a moment alone, Miss Hosa? She got a tight-ass body. Yes, she does. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, after uh, oh, so we have Dolly, who is, I'm so obsessed. Dolly is giving like the peeper at the beach who's coming from behind the surfboards and looking. So Nosferatu. Like, this is Nosferatu yes. beach party, oh, and this is the okay. first contestant who actually does Nosferatu. Yes, okay, that's what I was going to say before. When I was saying before that it's like, your two options are either, because clearly the, the video that they did at the beginning is 60s, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure and Margaret, they were telling them to do, like, the references of the 60s thing. You either go 20s for Nosferatu, like Zalaleta did, or Dali, mm-hmm. or you go 60s. I, I felt like um, Zava's look was more basic, whereas right. Dali both embraced the prompt and did something that none of the other contestants did. I agree. Honestly, Dali fucked me, and also this is such a good outfit. Um, oh. There's a reveal... Honestly, as I'm like going through it more and more, I honestly think if Dolly hadn't sold it so fiercely, like with his performance, it would be a very basic outfit. But I think because it's unexpected that he'd have a female shape and like he sold it so good and his makeup is so good and it's so like he has a bald cap and it's like very vampire Nosferatu. Like I, I think Dolly, if if Saint hadn't won, I think Dolly would be a great choice for winner. I probably would have voted for Dolly over Saint. Like, I loved Saint's look, but I liked Dolly's more for this one. I I felt like it was more edgy, more independent, more... Like, it was just so topical and so individual. I... I don't know how you could have done creativity, but following the prompt better than Dolly did in this specific example. I agree. I think it comes down to, like, I I think I said this last episode, sometimes it comes down to what the judges are looking for. Even though they said you could do whatever you wanted, clearly they wanted sex. And so Saint won because Saint gave them that. And Saint Mm -hmm. gave them cunt. And Dolly gave them fun, funny, interesting, different. You know, but... (laughs) Spoiler alert, Dolly's not really going to have that many problems <laughs> on this season thus far. So, whatever. And then finally we have Astrid, which I literally only put question marks on because I don't know what this look is. She has, I do, I, let me think of something nice to say. Well, I do like this, like the way she applies her vampire teeth, she just has like her two front teeth as the fangs, which I think is funny and interesting. I don't get the rest of the outfit. I mean, she has black hair and a black like high-waisted panty i guess so i'm not here for it i don't think i even made a note on it because it did not oh i said yikes i wrote astrid yikes Yikes. yeah my opinion on this outfit i think this is more than sigourney telling you to cut something yes yeah agreed i i can't imagine even if this was a reveal from something better down to this outfit i i'm not feeling this outfit 
I'm not feeling the makeup. I feel like it's very basic. Like the headpiece is only the only thing giving it a time reference. It doesn't feel beach to me. It doesn't feel vampire to me. It's boring. And there's no era. And I understand like, I get what you're saying about maybe going out of the box with like an 80s thing, but I think something like this is clearly like a retro challenge, right? Like we're not doing beach parties in the same way. I think if she had something that could identify her as an era, it would be good. I think the headpiece is supposed to be a 20s thing, like the high-waisted together with the headpiece, but it's too But the hair makes no sense with it. That's the yeah, thing. This is, just giving, this is giving me girl who's doing a number at a club and I don't know what number it is. And mm-hmm. I just come in and I'm drunk already and I give her a one because she's a drag queen marketing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I'm not feeling it. It's not something worthy of being on TV. I agree. Very good point. In terms of performance, we're just going to go through it real quick. For Satan Zava, it was very hot, sexy, steamy vampire. It's like vampire and her willing victim, you know? Yes. <laughs> Ew. Um, <laughs> you have to keep all the burps absolutely burp counter every time I burp drink yay yeah. I'll do that yay <laughs> sexy sexy drag queen <laughs> so Satan Zava first of all I would whack off to that I mean it's it's just hot I mean they definitely I think they're the most cohesive aside from Hoso and Dolly and even Hoso and Dolly, like, I feel like Satan and Zava, their makeup's cohesive because they're both mm-hmm. giving sexy cunt fashion. Uh, Saint clearly has the better concept. But, yeah. you know, they, especially that scene, because they, they all eventually do blood at some point and Saint just bites into Zava's neck. I'm like, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. <laughs> And Zava grew on me, like rewatching this. Yes. The first time, obviously, I don't I like I think this Zava, is a good episode so... for Zava and it makes me respect her. Yes, yes. The more I see it, the more I'm like, you know what? That's fucking hot. They're mm-hmm. they're killing it on this. And one. I love her makeup. I think Zava, her outfit and her makeup really gives 20s because she gives like the droopy yes. Betty Boop eyes. And I mm-hmm. love that. Her wig is nice. I mean, does it give 20s? Not necessarily, but it's like long hair. And I think the long, like, waved hair can go for a lot of classic glamour looks. So I think it's fine. I have a master's in Spanish, so I've seen a few Mexican movies. But I mean, like, how many of us in the U.S. have seen, like, a 20s Mexican movie? I haven't, even with the master's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe their hair was like that. But Goku and Mary are doing something. They're not cohesive at all. Like individually, they're good performers. And individually, but, I understand their looks, but I just don't feel like they go together at all. Their looks all. have nothing to do with each other. They're clearly competing for attention on the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Coco is literally behind Mary for half of it, which confuses me as to why Coco wasn't in the bottom, but fine. Hoso and Dolly, chef's kiss. It's giving... Mm-hmm. It's campy, it's sexy, I feel it. Like, I I love this combination. I think they're fantastic performers, and I feel like they worked really well together. Yeah, and honestly, I think they should have won. Like, if I was one of the judges, they would be my top choice. I think Dolly should have won, honestly. Mm -hmm. Although, I think Hoso had a better look overall. because I I would have had a hard time deciding between the two of them, but I would have been actually somebody out of these two should win. No, I agree with you. I think Dolly gave the better performance, but Hoso gave good performance and had a better look mm-hmm. at the end. So yeah. Sigourney is doing sexy. Astrid is doing campy, I guess. I don't know. Like 
you can see her like trying to have fun with the lyrics, but that doesn't go with her partner. I'm I enjoyed Sigourney's side of the performance here. And obviously, as we mentioned in the last episode, Sigourney's a fantastic performer. I mean, Chicago um, girls, mama. Astrid's outfit is terrible. Her performance. It looks like something that one of my friends could do. Like it just it doesn't look not to be nasty. I could do what she did. Exactly. It would be awful and ugly because I'm fatter than she is, but <laughs> I don't have a flat but the chest. Movements. But um, yeah. I could do the it outfit just... and I could do the movements. And I I think we can fault Sigourney in the sense that Sigourney clearly had a clear vision and overpowered Astrid. And mm-hmm. Astrid should have stood up for herself more, but if Sigourney was going to take that role, she should have given Astrid more to do. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I don't feel like it's Sigourney's responsibility to boss everyone around. I agree. And yeah, so if she wants to focus on herself and her own success, we could see that in both the outfit and the performance that Sigourney knows what she's doing. Right. I agree. Betty and Jade, they're giving campy. I agree. I, I don't think they're campy queens, but I think they give a good campy performance. We mentioned that Betty has a ball cap under her wig unfortunately so clearly she planned to take the wig off so that jade could they have like a sunscreen what you got like a sunscreen prop and clearly the plan was to have jade like rub sunscreen on her but jade is like fucking like faux fucking her with some object and it comes off when betty's on her back and it they comes should off. have switched to the sunscreen as soon as that happened like you have yeah. to roll with the failures but also like we said like what happens is that betty's on her back so it's hard for jade to then switch to that i think with again hindsight 2020 with hindsight probably should have had betty fucking jade so that her yes. wig wouldn't come off because yeah. it is i will say it's hard to anchor your wig when you have a bomb cap on or no hair so the bullies actually chat this time before going to like the judgment with the other judges and i like this they they say that who knows our monsters better than us and i agree but you know they say they're very concerned about mary which at this point i would be too they feel kind of like what you were saying lena because she's like a legendary and such a name in brooklyn she can get away with a lot of shit. And um, the, I don't remember the names. I'm not going to learn them. But the big boule says that, like, you know, she went, part of her charm is that, like, she'll fuck up on stage and then just go with it. And that wasn't present. And I, I feel like them bringing up her legendary status wasn't just saying that she could get away with a lot of shit. It was also saying that she feels this kind of unnecessary pressure that's messing up her ability to perform well. Agreed. They live for Zabaleta. They're very happy with her, you know, coming back from last episode. The big boule is concerned, however, about if she can rise to that same level with her costuming. We said, well, I love the costume. I love the costume this week. I think that's not a fair assessment, personally, but... And they specifically mentioned polish, which right. I find it interesting that you just wrote the word polish because it auto-capitalized and it makes it look like Polish. polish. <laughs> so like, oh, me! <laughs> yeah. No, pull it, uh, polish. From the entrance look to now, that bitch knows how to paint in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, she yeah. was giving... She was giving beauty, but a beauty that's very different than her entrance look, and I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, it shows some variety. I don't want to drag anyone undo, but I think if Dragula were smarter, they would have given her the win in terms of story. Like that, that's a good story, having an underdog who comes back from the brink 
and then you know does other stuff but I don't think she was good enough to win this. I I felt like Zava was fourth one down. Like Hoso, Dolly, and Saint all beat out Zavaleta, clearly. Fair. Agreed. I just drank a straight thing of vodka because I forgot to put cranberry in it. (laughs) Oh, getting real drunk on this episode. Goddamn. That makes called being a drag queen. I mean, they live for Dolly. They love Dolly. They're obsessed with everything he did. So am I. I mean, there's nothing even to say. I, I, okay. So I loved Hoso, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it goes Dolly, then Hoso, then Saint, then Zavaleta for me on this episode. I think Dolly's experience puts him ahead of Hoso. And I'll tell you why. I think it's because he knew to perform to camera. You know, he's mm-hmm. been here once or twice and he knew what to do for the camera yeah let's talk about the uh judging so they announced the bombshell that they're being judged individually which i have a problem with and then even they say so they say that they're being judged on their look and interpretation of the theme one two the lip sync performance and three their teamwork but they're being judged individually and they keep well, telling how everyone do you judge teamwork individually that's well that part and then also it pisses me off that they're like Oh, they, they like tell a bunch of people, well, okay, well, you should always be a star. You should always be a star. Well, you told everyone to work in a team. So everyone decided to sacrifice some things to be a team. And do, you know what? We're drinking to that because the boulets are showing their ass. Yes, showing their Cheers. ass. I just, I don't live for that. I know it's reality TV. I know that's why they did it. And that's great. And also it's a competition. So you, you should always prioritize yourself. But when it's a team challenge, it can go the other way. Mm-hmm. If you don't feed into the team, you can be red for not being a team player. But our safe queens are Jade, Mary, and Sigourney. But for some reason, they give so many comments to fucking Mary. I don't really understand. Yeah, I... I thought that they would give the same kind of criticism to Jade and Sigourney that they did to Mary. And I feel like they were just trying to pull drama out of Mary to give content for the reality show. show. They just, they know Mary's personality. Right. And they, it did read a little respectful to me, at least in the sense that like, they knew Mary's like an important girl in New York and they at least gave her the chance to be important even though she's safe. I appreciate that, I guess. But they said that they literally asked her how her show went, which is just like clearly reality TV. And she went, I hated it. I hated my show. And she said she forgot her words, which personally, I don't think I would admit that. In a lip sync challenge, I don't think I would admit that. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was obvious before the editing again i think it's probably on our end it's probably a symptom of mary saying like oh i went in there and just was me but on an editing uh, tv show that's edited it's like don't say it unless you have to say it you know uh, i have to disagree a little okay. bit just because i really appreciate it oh, well thank you for coming humility. on my show <laughs> <laughs> to argue with you i'm just kidding um, i'm just kidding <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I really, like, I've had my issues with Mary, and I definitely have my issues with her in the next episode, but I like seeing a bit of humility from her, and I feel like we got to see a bit of a more human side of her, um, where she's like, you know what, I could have done better, and I feel like that kind of just makes her distinctive from Zavaleta, because Zavaleta is like, I did nothing wrong, like, I'm fucking perfect, and everyone else sucks, and the judges are wrong, and this and that. I, I think from a reality TV standpoint, I I appreciate seeing some humanity and it honestly makes me like her more. Okay, that's fair. Yes. 
I, I don't know if in the editing it makes for the best look for her, but you know, whatever. I think we kind of have a different, like when we first started recording this, you we were like, I want to see confidence. I want to see people who yeah. <laughs> want to win, who are convinced they're going to win. And I kind of have a different mentality of like, I enjoy seeing humility in people. I know it's a reality show. I know we're going to see a lot of drama and I'm going to fucking win and I'm better than everyone else, but I don't appreciate seeing that in people. And I like seeing this kind of humanizing of, you know what, sometimes I do things wrong. I could have done this better. I I enjoy seeing this side of Mary and I, I feel like it makes her a more relatable character. I agree. No, no, no. I definitely agree. And I do like the humility. I think where we differ is I've seen so many seasons of reality shows similar that I, I, I think I'm a little, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not above anything, but I think I understand a little bit how it works. And so after having seen so many of it, it's like, well, I want to see someone confident from the start because it's like, if you're coming on to reality TV and like being humble from the start, it's like, okay, it's not reading right. It's not reading right to me. It's not reading right to anyone. Be confident and be a human being. So we have our tops, right? We have our first stop is Zabaleta, who honestly had a big comeback. And I think this is her episode. She did not win, spoiler alert. But I, I think this is clearly like her comeback episode. The tiny boule, whose name I do not know, thinks the look is lackluster, which huh i don't i mean me seeing it on camera i think it looks gorgeous i guess you can get up in the gig a little more when you're right there but you know i she beaded the whole fucking thing so what else do you want i love how it's the tiny boule and the big boule because that's exactly how i see them as well i have no idea what their names are i'm sure it's demeaning like what's their name it's like drag morta and drag something Drac Morda and Swan Thula. So which one's which? I think Drac Morda is Big Boulet and Swan Thula is Tiny Boulet, but I'm okay. not bothering to remember that. One Person. short, one's tall. <laughs> one short, one's tall. I think I would fuck the small one. <laughs> Same. But like anyway. I said, I, I think the small one has a face that like makes her a little more feminine in drag, mm-hmm. you know. But, that, that's my mentality i like my women so you know oh so I you get more... love me and drag <laughs> i do i do very sexy well the time Lee also says that the reveal and the performance were like super fantastic um so Gigi says that she really loves the drunk off the blood performance which we don't see like in the normal challenge but it does look really good like zaba is like drunk and cheering with blood i really love that i'm into yes. that yeah and Zaba mentions that she was kind of worried about having to lip sync in English and that she practiced a lot. And I think that's a good point to have in, like, for a reality TV show. That's cool. That's whatever. It's fashion, you know. Um, I mean, as... it makes me respect her a bit more as well, because that's, like, an right. additional challenge to overcome. Well, as you know, it shows her dedication as a performer. She said she practiced it in the mirror. I mean, both of us speak at least a second language. Um, you know, it's hard and it's it's cool that she went through that and that she made it through the and she's clearly a top, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we have Dali, who they basically call him the creepiest, the campiest, the gooniest vampire, like all that. And they talk about how this is the new version of Dali, which for someone like you, Lena, who probably hasn't seen the show before or who hasn't seen the show before, you know, we mentioned Dali used to do more femme drag and more like close to that. And Dali's really 
giving this cool, interesting, different, androgynous, slightly masculine new drag. And it, and they're living for it. And I live for it. So Absolutely. It stands out from the other competitors. And I really appreciate that. I don't know if Dolly considers himself a drag performer, like neutral or a drag king. But kind of seeing this different side of like not everyone's a drag queen, I really like that. And I like the the Dragula establishing themselves as a show that shows not just drag queens, you know, because certain other reality shows are very strict about the kind of not even just the fact that they only accept drag queens, but the specific kind of drag queenery that they accept is so specific. I like that they're trying to diversify. And I like that, you know, certain queen, certain uh, performers, let's say, do well you know and i think this kind of ties back to what we talked about in the previous episode recapped of where drag is challenging our our like accepted norms right and because drag has been going on for so long we have created norms about what drag is but part of keeping with that culture is updating and changing and challenging not just norms of society but norms of drag at this point Agreed. I mean, plus, like, drag king stuff is a very valid, important, and long-standing form of drag as well. And it doesn't get as much, you know, uh, recognition. And I would have to say it's probably the fault of RuPaul's Drag Race. Not intentionally, but RuPaul is probably the most famous drag performer in the world. And RuPaul put in the work for it. I won't say that RuPaul didn't put in the work for it, you know. Since the 90s to get famous, she's done everything. She had a period of not being famous and then coming back with RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, and putting drag in the mainstream consciousness. But just the way that it worked out, drag kings have not gotten the recognition. And I'm glad that someone like Dolly, who I don't know if he's a drag king or a new gender neutral drag performer, but I'm obsessed, love, into it. Love it. Personal experience, I find it kind of interesting. The first drag performer that I ever met was a drag queen, or I'm sorry, a drag king. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person is um, gender neutral, they, them pronouns. Um, but uh, oh, when did you meet was... them? Because technically, you met me five years ago. So, <laughs> okay, so but you, but I wasn't, I was not a drag queen until like no last year, you so. were not a drag queen so probably about two or three years ago I met a drag queen who is AFAB mm. um and or AFAB but performs as drag king and I found that so interesting because I had seen drag queens online um in documentaries mm. on tv that kind of thing and I didn't really realize that drag kings existed so it was cool meeting they have way less person. exposure for sure yes and i met this individual because i was bald at the time as well this was after argentina i had shaved my head off um yes. and this person we were going through our kira knightley phase right going through a kira knightley phase exactly and i was like hanging out on campus with an abort mike pence t-shirt because that's Perfect. what i wear in arizona just to stir up drama um and Lena is nothing if not <laughs> stirs the pot yes this individual I don't remember the last name but their uh name is MK first name um and they ran up to me and was like oh my god are you trans and I was like no I'm not um I'm just kind of queer yeah like not not quite I just I I don't necessarily conform to gender norms and you know I was out as bi at the time 
So I was just like, I'm, I'm just kind of queer. Like I'm in this phase. I'm still figuring out who I am. And they're like, that is fucking fantastic. Like, I love that. I would love for you to come join our like LGBTQ on campus group and come uh-huh. check out my drag performances. And so I learned more about them. And I went to a Halloween show that was Naturally. like clown based drag. And I was like, not your drag beginning (laughs) right I was like oh my god this is right up my alley so I I think meeting MK was a really cool part of my life and really opened my mind to the idea of drag kings out there honestly from what I see like the drag king scene a lot of times has like these really interesting cool different artistic looks that they're giving and it's not as I mean I'm obsessed with drag. I'm obsessed with drag queens. I am a drag queen, bitch. I mean, like, I, the way that I, I mean, I don't know because last year is when I started doing drag, but honestly, when I became a drag queen was when I first saw Drag Race. I'm one of that generation. I can't change that. The first time I saw Drag Race was season six when I was in high school and it changed me forever and it made it open something in me and excited something in me that still is here today. And I think that's what did it for me. And I'm so glad. But, you know, drag kings give this interesting, artistic, fantastic, different way of doing drag from drag queens. And I love it. And I'm so obsessed. I mean, for example, uh, Alaska Thunderfuck is a queen from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race who won an all-star season who has a pageant. I remember Alaska. I've seen bits of the season that she was in. Yes, I do recommend because she also has a, but aside from that, she has her own pageant. And the winner of the most recent pageant, it's called Drag Queen of the Year, is a drag king, Tenderoni from Chicago. And Tenderoni is so fucking fantastic. I can't recommend him enough. You should, if you're one of the three people that listens to this, you should fucking follow Tenderoni and look at his performance, especially Return of the Mac. It's so good. He's such a good performer. Um, in terms of other tops, they love Hoso. They love the the like lifeguard fantasy. I, I think it was it. I think it's Vanessa's like, oh, I love that you're like this vampire lifeguard who pretends to save lives and then sucks blood. And Jose's like, I'm just here to save lives. And then Vanessa gives her nooch for some reason. Like Vanessa just says nothing. And it's like, okay. <laughs> then they move on, which is so funny. Gigi says she wants to see them. They want it because uh, in one moment when they're like spreading blood all over each other, all of the groups like sp- like do something with blood. Uh, Gigi is like, I kind of wanted to see you guys slap each other harder. I mean, this is the devil in me, and I would like to see it. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. <laughs> That's just me being horny, but... but I just definitely was not like I feel like they killed the performance. I didn't right. feel like they needed to slap harder to sell it for my pussy Um, i wanted them to slap harder okay that is fair yeah (laughs) i i would not complain if they slapped harder but i didn't think they needed to slap harder to win the competition right right right. um and then our last stop is saint which the little boulet fix its fashion its cunt i agree Mm -hmm. yeah that i mean vanessa and gigi want the garment like they want to borrow it um Mm -hmm. i think either saint or i needs to explain to them how being a man works and how being a man dressing as a woman works if they want to borrow it but you know whatever i have a little bit of extra space in certain parts right um i mean (laughs) 
but also Vanessa lived for like them. I mean, Saint bites Savaletta's neck and it's hot, it's sexy, and my basement flooded. So whatever. And whatever. In terms of our bottoms, unfortunately, we have Astrid who she got dog walked. She got dog walked by the judges. And I, if anything, I feel like the judges were being nice. Like calling it Agreed. a rollerblading look was—that's nice. Generous. That's giving it a concept it did not previously have, which I would, says that that was a lot nicer than I would have said about that. I was fucking bored by that. Agreed. Look. I mean, it, it's just—I don't mean to say this because, like, I what do I know? I don't perform, I guess, but like. <sighs> It is giving like bar queen who said, I don't have a look for today. So we're putting on the panty. We're putting on nipple tassels. We're putting on a fastener, like whatever. Gigi says, as you said, it looks like a roller ring look and that Astrid looked very chaotic and that her and Sigourney weren't a team, which I agree with. Like they didn't really do like synchronized movements. But again, this is what problem I have with them being like, well, you're being judged individually. It's like, are they? Are they well, being judged right. individually? Well, like, they're being they're being judged like individually convent. as it fits the editing narrative. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like okay, well, it's a team challenge. You told them they had to be synchronized. Yeah. Um, and being like, well, you guys weren't a team, but also you're supposed to be judged individually. Like whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a confusing assignment. That being said, I feel like Astrid understood it the least. I agree. I mean, I will say everything I said about Vanessa Hudgens the last episode, she does give a good recommendation. She's like, listen, I get it, but like, this may, maybe if you did a different fabric that was like shinier, it would have yeah. been better because this is very dull. And I agree. And that's a drag recommendation. Like, I agree. acting, you can have dull garments, but drag, you can't. You're on a right. stage, you have spotlights, you have to shine, you have to stand out. So I feel like she's really putting herself in the shoes of drag queens when she's giving this I agree. advice. I'm into it. The tiny boulet says you look like you're dressed to go thrifting, which is harsh, but true. Well, I actually, would not it's, wear yeah. that to go thrifting. Though. I mean, it looks I like personally would never it, have like, my underwears out, but... and suspenders. <laughs> right. So I'd be like, you look like you ran out of material and just used the scraps to make yourself a costume. I would say you which, look like you're doing amateur night and you said this looks draggy. Yeah, it just, and I feel like our criticism is kind of meaner than the judges was. I, agree. Like, I feel like, like also, the judges we, really took it easy yeah. on her. I would say also, I mean, what do we know? But at the same time, it's like, uh, I'm here to judge and it's, some it's my podcast that I want to talk about so whatever <laughs> I'm whatever. here to be judgy as fuck oh whatever frankly I'm wearing an outfit I made and is it perfect no but I would wear this before I'd wear that so drop that um, that outfit right there looks like it would shine on a stage it's not it would because it's stretch velvet um I, I think I think maybe charitably speaking Perhaps Astrid did not realize how the certain materials would read on camera. And that's fair. I mean, if you've never been on a reality TV show or any TV show, you wouldn't know. And that's but fair. she's been on a stage before. Has she? I mean, yes, she has. She has. But also, like, it, it is different when you're in a stage in a club, especially if you're performing, let's say, in Phoenix or something. The, the stage is very small. Also, mm-hmm. what you're giving is the performance and not you're maybe not used to being judged on your looks and that's fine so i want to say as someone who has been to drag shows in phoenix i am 
very impressed with the drag queens that I have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, maybe I'm not giving so, enough credit to the Phoenix drag scene. Though. I, I don't think you are. Like, it is it is not a place that you can walk down the street and find a drag show at any club. It's not a right. place that you can walk down the street in drag and feel safe. It's unfortunately not the most accepting place for drag. That being said, the drag shows that are there, the queens that I have seen are fucking killing it. And I feel like Astrid really brought it in the first episode and outshone the drag queens that I have seen. The second episode, everyone I have seen outshone her. I agree. And it's unfortunate because she did so well um, the first episode, but it it happens. I mean, (laughs) the judges keep going. Um, Well, not just the judges, Astrid keeps going. Which is not a cute look, which me and Lena have had a conversation with this off the pod. But like Astrid says after after she gets the, oh, you look like you're going to go thrifting. I think I would too start talking about what, what sacrifices I made because that's not my favorite comment to hear. Um, and Astrid's like, well, listen, I went out of my way to do something simpler. Um, you know, my partner did X, Y, Z. We said we would sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. And then... She interrupts a boule, which I don't think I would do. And I'll tell you why. Because when you interrupt the namesake of the show, there is no way in hell that's going to look good for you. I think you can interrupt the namesake of the show. And this is something we've talked about. However, she interrupts the namesake of the show in order to blame someone else for her own shortcomings. And that just comes off as petty. Yes, I, uh, well, here, here's what I mean more than anything. When, it, when you're talking to a namesake of the show, I think it's one thing to get sassy and interrupt, like, let's say Vanessa Hudgens, because that's not like the main namesake of the show. When you interrupt someone who's created the show, who's giving you the money for the show, what, I mean, it doesn't look good. I mean, if you're going to get cunty with the girl who's giving you the money, she's not going to give you the money. Aside from that, <laughs> They're never the the them as in like the reality TV shows team is never gonna make the boobies look bad, right? So when you interrupt them, it's kind of a losing battle for you. I mean, aside from that, especially when the boobies, the big boobies, like after getting interrupted twice, is like, no, go ahead, and then Astrid starts talking. No, <laughs> what you say is, I'm so sorry. Please go ahead yes that's what you say and that's not like listen i'm not saying i would do differently than astrid because i would get cunty i mean season one of rupaul's drag race tammy brown tells rupaul like it is and we love that as viewers but on the show you're never gonna get to the end like that i i want to say that like i fully support people standing up for what's right like Mm -hmm. actually saying something that's impactful again personally Good. Uh, that's great when that happens, but it's such a rare occasion. And like I mentioned earlier on this episode, my dad's a lawyer. I know who not to talk back to. So there, I, I think right. in that position, I would have behaved differently as much as I, I agree. like, oh yeah, there's reasons to interrupt the judge that are actually valid. Um, I don't think I would ever be the person to interrupt a judge who is in charge. If there's a hundred thousand dollars, certainly not. Exactly. They're the ones who are potentially giving you money. If you piss them off, 
you're gonna look like an asshole on the whole show especially because the little boy like clutches her pearls is like when astrid interrupts her it's not good Mm -mm. Mm -mm. read the room girl i know very that um but astrid keeps going they they read coco too uh Gigi loves her ears which i do too um, and like overall, everyone likes her aesthetic because it's like very stripper, huge tits, huge ass. But <laughs> Goku says not to throw my partner under the bus and then immediately throws Mary under the bus and says that like she wasn't, you know, she wasn't uh, ready and she she had bad ideas and that kind of thing. I don't know how I feel about that. Drink for the bitchiness. I, oh, I get Coco's mentality. Like I am team Coco all the way. Coco gets red for not acting like a team too, which again, Mary's not in the bottom. So it's like, where does the individual judging start and the team judging begin? And why is Mary not here with her? Because objectively they were the worst team. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because they, they show some flashbacks, which again, like I said, last episode, at the very least, regular, like if you mess up, they're not really going to show you messing up. But if they show you messing up, it's like pretty bad. And and they show like many times where Coco is just like literally behind Mary and doing stuff, but you can't see her. Aside from that, I'm kind of not living for this judging because it's like we're judging you individually again. And we're being like, well, you didn't uh, outshine your teammate, but also it was supposed to be a team challenge. So I don't. They're not being specific with what they want, and I don't live for that, personally. Assignment's confusing, for sure. Yes, confusing assignment, and I also think unifying the assignment in many ways could have benefited everyone, but, Mm -hmm. you know, moving on to the last bottom is Betty, which hurts my heart, but I get it. They felt like she looked to Jade too much, which there's a little bit of that in what we see, but they show a few flashes where she's kind of, like, turning around to make sure... Jade is suing something or whatever. And again, I feel like this is an issue with the judging and what they want and what they announced that they wanted from the girls and the monsters. They they really didn't like that she looked away from the camera, which I do agree with. And again, I this is stealing from that podcast I saw, or I saw, I listened to, but they had mentioned that, you know, Betty is very experienced with drag and that she probably will never be surprised by anything in a nightclub, but she hasn't really been in front of a camera. So she doesn't know that she needs to be performing to the camera and not to her partner. So sometimes that your drag experience doesn't equate to your camera experience and what you're going to deliver to the camera and to the audience. I kind of feel like she should have still performed to the judges a bit more and to her partner a bit less. Agreed. Because that is a bar experience. Like you, right. you do need Especially to a pageant chemistry experience. with your partner, but you also mostly need to perform to the audience. Right. Agreed. Which in this case is the judges. Right. And Betty says that she has no rhythm and she's a hill person, which cracks my shit up, but also is like, well, that's probably why you're in the bottom, sis. But, you know, Saints declared the winner. I'd fuck her, so whatever. Um, we've mentioned we probably would give it to Dolly, but that's fine. I, I don't yeah. think it's a bad choice for a winner, personally. And Astrid and Barry and Barry <laughs> and Betty are unfortunately up for extermination, and they're going to have to... They really exaggerate this. They're like, you're going to have to dunk all of your limbs into leech-infested waters, but they just have to put their arms in <laughs> a leech tank so i mean i do it just just to have the experience under my belt like i don't mm. even think i would need money to put my arm in a tank of leeches right 
I would. I would need a lot of money, but I'm going to pour myself <laughs> a drink because we're about to get to the cauldron. Which... Oh, drink, drink. Mama, we're going to have to do some drinking because, mm. girl, this cauldron is so messy. It's not as messy as episode four, but we get to the cauldron and Astrid is immediately talking about how bullshit it is that she's in the bottom, which is not a cute look. It is not. It is so just... I I didn't expect to see this side of Astrid. It kind of made me not like Yeah, I didn't anymore. either. I mean, it's very childish. Super childish. And she's ranting about how much she sacrificed and how she won last week. And the, I think the mentioning how she fucking won last week is like, it's very like, okay, girl, let's calm down. You won once. I, I kind of get the mentality, but she could I have do. said it's so disappointing that like, I did well last week that I actually won last week and now I'm in the bottom. Like I really wasn't expecting this, but she did it in such a way that was it like she was trying to put people down. Right. Exactly. And Betty is also visibly upset, but she's definitely more controlled. I mean, she's clearly more mature. My poor baby. I felt so bad for Betty. She was definitely crying and she's definitely like, I want to be here. And like, she talks again about like being a trans woman and about like how upsetting it is that she doesn't feel like she's representing her community mm-hmm. to the degree. And I feel for her. She's definitely giving the more mature uh, vibe. Like you cry about it, but you don't necessarily tear every person in the room down. Yes. She's not blaming anyone. She's just upset that she's in that position and like right. wants to do better. Exactly. And Sigourney does apologize to Astrid being like, you know, I didn't want it to turn out this way. I didn't know it would turn out this way. Mm-hmm. But uh, Astrid starts to show her ass. So let's take a drink, I suppose. Ooh. Oh, 100%. She is showing her ass. We're going to get fucked up in this little 20-minute section. But Astrid, when she said this, I was like, honestly, okay, I don't want to encourage violence, but I am a drag queen. So if Astrid had said this to me, Listen, these nails, I got the brush on glue. This shit is cemented. I would start pulling hair. (laughs) Astrid says, no, it's my fault for letting you control me. That's so out of pocket. That's what happened. Like, I I think if Astrid was being controlled, we would have been shown that for the drama. Right. Clearly, they did not have that footage or they would have shown it. Yes. Like, this would be good TV if that's what was actually happening. Agreed, but she says that and then she starts acting like, okay, this is the other part, like, Astrid, okay, this is the other thing where we're gonna have to drink again, because Astrid starts acting like she's the only spooky bitch in the room, which I'm like, oh. There's a whole room full of these bitches. There's a whole room full of these bitches, and your drag mom outdid you, sorry about it. Um, And she clearly didn't teach you how to be spooky, because you weren't. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Or at least you didn't listen. I, do, I just, like, that's the part where Astrid starts getting... I think uh, the second she interrupted a boule, she was out. But aside from that, even if she didn't do that, the second she got into the room and was like, it's bullshit, I'm in the bottom. I'm like, okay, well, she's out because they're not going to tolerate that shit. No, no. A true pageant girl will wait until she's in private and then start bitching about (laughs) the scores, let's say. But, you know... After Astrid starts acting like she's the only spooky girl, Zava's like, well, hold on, baby. Um, Everyone deserves to be here. No. I mean, Zava's essentially like, no, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No. Which again is like, 
It's so fucking hypocritical considering that Sava was throwing a bitch fit in the first episode. I was just like, who the fuck are you to call anyone unprofessional after your own behavior? Agreed. It's very much like, oh, the Brooklyn girls are the only one who are allowed to say anything and do anything and feel anything. But yeah, it is kind of like, I'm glad someone said it because <laughs> it's like, okay, well, everyone deserves to be here. Uh, you're not the only one that deserved to be casted, Astrid. But see, if Betty had called Astrid unprofessional, I'd be like, yes, you're fucking right. Right. Because Betty has been a professional. The fact that Zava is calling anyone unprofessional, there's no one, including Astrid, that has been as unprofessional as Zava has been. I agree. Plus, like, uh, from what Mary Cherry says, like, a lot of people were really quiet. And I do think we see that. I think that's probably why Zava was the only one. Yeah, because Mary Cherry doesn't let anyone talk. That's why people are fucking quiet. I agree. I agree. Um, and, and Betty talks about how much she wants to rep for her community and how she's upset she's in the bottom. And I get that. All of a sudden, after it's like, well, it's not about the look. Okay, but weren't you the bit? I mean, we're going to have to drink because weren't you the bitch? Like, I don't know, an hour ago talking about how important looks were. And how the fact that you had to sacrifice part of the looks was the reason you lost, quote unquote. Right. You know, it's just her being mad, but whatever. And then also like going against what she said, which means we're gonna have to drink again, is like Mary's like, well, actually the looks are kind of important, which it's just like, okay, so we're having the complete inverse of the conversation we were just having. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it just clearly shows that all these people are like the kind of people that are like, whatever anyone else says, I'm saying the exact opposite. And that's that. There you go. Coco. Honestly, I'm team Coco on this because after all of this shit happens, Coco to Astrid is like, well, hopefully you come home more humbled. Uh, I like Coco. It's biased on my part, but I fucking am living for that. That part I do live for because Coco literally <laughs> says it deadpan, just sipping her drink. Um, Amazing. And I then, also want to say before we move yeah, on, yeah. when we when they the judges were telling Coco that she was safe, she like walked away in character. I have so much respect for the fact that anytime she's in drag, she's in that strip of character. And everyone like Astrid immediately, as soon as the performance is over, she goes right back to her real personality. Whereas Coco is like, as long as she got the fake titties on, she got that stripper personality. And I love it. I do agree. I think it's really nice and fun. It shows Um, professionality as well. I agree. I mean, it also shows that you're a developed character and you're ready to deliver that at any moment. When Astrid's like, well, I came to this competition for me, then Coco's like, it shows, truly. I was like, ah! Yep. And then Hoso tries to act bad and is like, what did you say, Coco? And Coco's like, well, what I said is... And repeats herself. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, well, I said, hopefully this humbles her because it doesn't seem like she's very humble. Hoso does a lot of this before well let's not get into the end i guess but also kind of does a lot of this recently and it's like okay we get it you're fucking her but like also don't stick your neck out so fiercely yeah i mean i get the loyalty i do have respect for loyalty so i understand my hoso's like 
trying to stick up for Astrid, but it's I guess that it literally has nothing to do to with do Oso. So. It has nothing to do with you, and you're sticking your neck out. And first, aside from that, like I do, I appreciate the bravery, but also the way Coco could body Hoso. <laughs> yeah, good luck fighting Coco. I literally, and Coco also is like, well, I'll say it again. <laughs> I love this is why I like Coco because she's a fucking genuine person she says what she says she doesn't backtrack on shit like I am here for Coco and I've only seen like up through episode four so we'll see if that changes but I I'm living for Coco like I love the personality I love the reality she can be bitchy from time to time but I feel like I support her every time that bitch side comes out Uh, you know what in the end I do as well and also that that just makes for good tv it does Mm -hmm. She's giving TV. Astrid, Astrid says all of this is a panic attack. That's not no, okay. As someone not, not, to, a, not to discount her, but I don't believe that personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know no. if I believe that. I think it's you being a bratty child. Mm-hmm. I I not only have experienced plenty, plenty of panic attra- attacks in my life, I have also observed many panic attacks. I've and experienced a couple right. and it and I personally can't talk during panic attacks. I think certainly that's can't pretty, be an asshole. During that's fairly common. Um, I I think there is some variety in how people right. experience panic attacks, but I Fair. think Astrid calling this a panic attack is not ridiculous because she is too organized and angry, honestly, for it to be panic. Panic you is... reading Sigourney constantly? Sorry, dear. I, I I simply have to call bullshit on the panic. Attack, yeah, but... I have to call bullshit on that as well. There are people who talk a lot when they have panic attacks, but it is it is like erratic by chaos and yeah. erraticism. Exactly. And Astrid is organized and angry, and that's not you know. I, I think I it's I think it's calling it the wrong thing. Like that. Yeah. I think it's fair to say listen. It's a was, temper tantrum, not a panic attack. Right. It's a temper tantrum and there's queens on let's say other reality TV shows who have had them and have recognized it. Mm-hmm. And I think that reads better than someone who's like it was a panic attack and it wasn't. Just say you were feeling a certain type of way and you were taking it out and that's listen it happens. I mean, especially in drag, drag's not anything serious. Let's be honest. Drag's not serious. And sometimes we feel some type of way because we're dressed up in the gig. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're dressed up in the gig and you're feeling it and someone told you otherwise. And you want to go lash out against that. I get it, mama. I but get it. But lashing out, temper tantrum, those are accurate terms. Calling it a right. panic attack is like diminishing people's right, experiences right. when they have actual panic attacks. Right. You need you need to be accurate about it. And that's true. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that. But um, after this, you know, Hoso kind of tries to stick her neck out for um, Astrid. And Zava's like, basically Zava's like, listen, baby, don't be doing all that. Because you're going to go farther than this other girl in the competition. And you don't want to be doing all that. Which I agree. I mean, does she go farther than this other girl in the competition, though? Oh, tell Hoso to mind her business. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I blame Astrid. I don't blame Hoso for her behavior. If anything, the fact that Hoso. I think Hoso is a bit digmatized. It's. I get being digmatized. I I get it. Okay. I mean, also, like, how much of this is is happening? Such a strong character 
like for me, I have so much respect for people with hardcore loyalty. And sometimes people are loyal to the wrong person. Shit happens. And I feel like this is the situation is Hoso is showing how strong her character is, despite the fact that Astrid is showing how weak her character is. I agree. And I do think Zawa to a certain extent is being genuine. (laughs) There's the part. Hey! But I think to a certain extent, Zava's being genuine in the sense, I, I mean, I don't know what the relationship is outside of this, but I think Zava genuinely is being like, listen, girl, Astrid's not going anywhere past this episode, so be careful about what you're saying to the other girls. You know, I think that's good advice. I don't think it's going to be taken fantastically. Zava's not taking <laughs> but, her own advice, though. Like, consider agreed. her behavior in the last episode when she was in the bottom. I don't think it's fair for, for someone like Zava to be like, you need to control your behavior and, like, keep it together when she's clearly not the bitch to keep it together herself. I agree, but I also think no one but one of these Brooklyn girls is going to tell her that. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's where it comes in, but... And then Mary kind of gets Betty to scream and be like, oh, I'm the best. And, you know, it's cute. I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. And then we get into our extermination where basically the girls just have to stick their arms into water tanks full of leeches. I would hate this. I don't. This is the thing. I would love to do Dragula because it's such interesting themes and I love horror and I love glamour. these exterminations really get me and I know it would be kind of impossible to get out of an extermination your whole time through it I don't know if I could do it if I had the choice between sticking my arm in leeches and drinking pig's blood I would 100% put my arm in leeches I think I would drink the pig's blood but also like if I had a choice between let's say Dragula having to do all this shit and then RuPaul's Drag Race lip syncing I think I would lip sync personally Yeah, I think I would honestly, I'm, and I'm not a performer. So that, that comes like part of my opinion comes from that. I have stage fright. Like I, part of the reason why I like social media and doing my stuff on social media is it gives a little distance between me and the audience. Mm. Um, If I had the choice between performing on a stage, lip syncing, I would probably prefer to stick my arm in leeches. See, I would prefer, especially on RuPaul's Drag Race, like, I would prefer to do a Mariah song on the main stage. And <laughs> yes, I would prefer to do that. But they stick their arms in the water tanks. And you know what? Betty gives more of a performance. And honestly, I think it's this is all a little, those titties. Yes, I think I think it's a little influenced by what I heard on the other podcast. But like, you know, they, they had mentioned on the other podcast, like Astrid has such an emotional reaction in the cauldron it might have drained her a little bit for this and betty serves energy to the camera Mm -hmm. i think that's what they want you know they want you to give energy i mean like she leans her tits down like lena said and then has like a a leech in between her tits like betty's definitely in it to win it and astrid is kind of doing nothing except saying ow yeah which is not the winning performance Mm -hmm. agreed Agreed. Betty gives us a show and she's clearly doing this because she wants to give a show at the same time that she's surviving this extermination. I think it's kind of what we saw in the first episode extermination as well. Like part right. of the reason I think Zavaleta won is because she was the giving a show. She was yeah. giving drama, but at the same time, like she was there to fucking win. And as much as I dislike her, Formaldehyde was just 
genuinely freaking out and not giving a good show and you know what that's what this shit's about it's about being good under pressure understanding its reality show and giving and betty gave and i'm glad she she stays you know betty wins and astrid ends up like in the end you know they give them everyone an extermination and astrid ends up getting beaten with a rock (laughs) and killed Honestly, frankly, I think she gets the least exciting. Just drop my phone. That's fine. She gets the least exciting uh, death scene of everyone. But I also think the Boulets probably weren't very happy with her. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly what happened. And so we say goodbye to our dear sister Astrid. But we're very excited for episode three of this. So so as I asked last episode, who are your front runners based on this episode, Lena? Um, my absolute front runners are Dolly and Hoso. They, they killed it as a team. Yeah. They killed it individually. I fucking love them. And in third place, I would have put Saint. I was going to say, I would agree with you and then add Saint. Yeah. 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 My front and I have Zava as fourth. Like I said, as much as I dislike her, she gave the show. She gave a good episode. She gave a good arc. And that's what they want on a reality TV show. And I think if they were smarter, they probably would have given it to Zava, but whatever. You know, content over uh, story. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. Lena, where can we find you on the social medias? So I am on Instagram at Lena underscore DeLuna3. My TikTok is Lena DeLuna3 without the underscore. Come check me out. I got my stuff on private right now because, you know, got to function in a real society and not be a clown to the public. Uh, but if you request me and you're not my coworker, I will totally accept that request. Especially if you're a hot girl. Oh, my God. Yes, please. I need some women in my life. Yes. Single um, as a Pringle right here. Oh, same. Um, you can find me individually on Twitter at Emberg Horror. I have an Instagram, but it's none of your fucking business. Uh, <laughs> and you can find Dead Inside at Dead Inside Pod on Twitter. Um, and you can also email us at the Dead Inside Podcast at gmail.com. And we will always take your emails. But uh, until next time, stay creepy. And we love you, listeners. Bye. Bye.